You are about to witness history in the making. afternoon it could be any of those really couldn't it um welcome again to the pop culture gamers podcast i'm steve and alongside me is hayden how you doing i'm doing fine steve thank you very much because we don't know when people listen to this do we we haven't got scoobies so no i just put it all in there no you have, you have to do the truman sort of thing <laughs> yeah that's what be true wouldn't it oh so i think before we say as we can start um i'll let you have your intro first Okay. Because yours is probably longer than mine, so therefore... I'll That's what she yours. said, anyway. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the canoe and the rocket scenario, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, how have you been keeping, anyway? Oh, it's been, uh, been a mega busy couple of weeks, to be quite honest. Um, I've hardly heard from you, to be honest, I think, other than doing the Spielberg special, where you've been... Yeah, um, kind of like head down to the grindstone sort of thing, because you said that I was uh, sort of offline, but I think we've just been missing each other, <laughs> like ships passing in the night, as it were. Probably, um, yeah. Yeah, it's just been a mega busy couple of weeks, because I had uh, a bit of a, a first for me last Sunday, so a week ago Yes, that's today. right, you did, didn't you? Mm. I did, yeah, because um, with work, we were doing a awareness campaign because uh, the 18th of March uh, this year was National Child Sexual Exploitation Awareness Day. And well, that's a bit, it's funny, I know they call these awareness days, but I didn't know that was a day for that, so... <laughs> yeah. Do you know so what I mean? Obviously, we make very much awareness. I mean, hopefully in North no. Yorkshire will have been some, but there's yeah. a group called the National Working Group for Child Sexual Exploitation, and we were supporting in their campaign hmm. and um, anyway basically I was invited onto BBC Radio Tees to do an interview at 8.05am so unfortunately at that time of the morning not, a lot of people might have missed it <laughs> uh, well, no evidently I, I got contacted by one or two people who have oh, heard you on the radio <laughs> Did you get to plug the podcast? No, I didn't, unfortunately. <laughs> I, in matter of fact, I'd hardly got enough time to uh, say everything that I needed to say anyway. But it was really cause, uh, quite strange because um, it was live. So, oh, okay. you know, first off, if it had been if it more podcast-like, it would have been a bit easier probably. Yeah. But because it was live, it's you, you're kind of very conscious and you've got to Did, get everything in. Yeah. Because of what time. we've been doing for the last, well, you probably three years, me five or whatever. Yeah. Um, did you find that being at ease in to do that interview? Did it? Because if you hadn't done podcasting before, you might have, that might have been a bit more awkward. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I, I know exactly what you mean. I, I think it probably was, it has helped. I mean, it, what's also helped in the past is that I've um, stood up in front of audiences of 500 people and, mm. you know, done presentations and stuff like that as well when I worked for the Independent Safeguarding Authority. So I'm kind of, kind of used to, you know, that having a big 
audience, but it's still, it's, it can be a bit off-putting. And it, and it was weird because it was live. Hmm. I was very conscious of that. And I ended up, um, well, actually, the dog started barking at me at uh, half past six because I said, you know, I said, I have to get up early in the morning, Kylo. Well, yeah, thank you very much. You decided to be my alarm clock. <laughs> um, so I got up and I thought, right, I'm going to just, you know, start straight away so i got up switched the computer on and then rewrote out this you know the points that i wanted to get you know just sort of like because of the act of typing it out yeah. helped me arrange my thoughts and then i just had the bullet points there and then it's just trying to get it all in and you know when you're asked a question is obviously when you go on you want to answer you want to state Mm. what it is that you're there to promote and they'll ask you a question so you know in that case you would then go, you know go to that uh, uh, you know answer the question but turn it around so that you can answer part of your know, promote part of what you're yeah. trying to do it, as well this wasn't like the scenario of alan partridge then <laughs> no, no not quite <laughs> not quite um but Anyway, the the radio interview, if anybody is interested, is uh, live on the, the BBC uh, Radio T's website. So it was at eight or five last Sunday. So you can go and uh, do that. I'll, if anybody wants to know, I'll send them a link or whatever to the to the actual show. Mm. But yeah, it was uh, it was quite an experience actually. Quite enjoyed it really in a, some sort of strange, perverse, weird way. So that was that. And then for the rest of the week, we were you know using social media and whatever to raise awareness. We've done a, a questionnaire for parents to see about how much they know about CSE and stuff like that, you know, because people yeah. think it's their, uh, you know, it's like daughters and it's not always. It can be boys as well. Different ways of being groomed. It's not just online. It can be people at the know. It can be child on child. There's all sorts as well, you know, as well as child on adult. So there's a lot to it, and it's uh, quite an interesting field of work. So uh, that was, you know, that was my week last week. Mm. Other than that, puppies been getting bigger, and been going, starting to do, you know, more training sort of thing, things with him because obviously he's getting to that age now, and also because he's getting bigger, he's also awake for longer. Because when we first got him, a few, you know, a month or so ago. He was like sleeping for most of the day. Now he's awake for most of the day, so it takes a lot more looking after. Do you have to take him out at night before bedtime or something like that? Stuff like um, that. No, he's still a bit. You know, although he's had all of his injections, still a bit young. Hmm. Uh, so he's, you know, like today he's at he's been for his longest walk today, which was we just went into um, where I grew up, a place called Stokesley. Yeah, and uh, walked around the beck that's there and fed the ducks and stuff like that. It's probably about half a mile to a mile walk. You know, the area that we took walked around, but the dogs absolutely cream crackered. Mm. You need to get a treadmill at home. <laughs> <laughs> need a space to put a treadmill somewhere. To be honest, yeah, you put them on the treadmill for an hour. I keep them going, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would do. It would do. Um, obviously, we recorded the special as well, so there was. Plenty of time editing on that as well. Mm. Um, I finished Ready Player One audiobook. Yay. <clears throat> is, that, and is that your first time? That was my first time, yeah. So what did you think? I enjoyed it. Like I said, I, I had difficulty with the universe when I first started the book mm. because I just kind of felt while it was a great universe, it was really aimed so much at our sort of age group. <laughs> 
you know, um, that I kind of felt that maybe it wouldn't be as good for some of the people who, you know, came in after, you know, so they didn't grow up with all of that sort of background and whatever. But maybe, you know, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. Um, so that took me a while to get over, but I actually quite enjoyed the story of it all. Uh, it was, uh, you know, really good the quest and you know everything and all of the references to pop culture in various different ways are absolutely yeah, even the se- even without saying too much people haven't read the book the setup um to get to the last act as such yeah when he gets when he gets captured you know it's really clever yes yeah so i'm i'm really looking looking forward to seeing that at the cinema this week mm. because my son's turned around and said i want to go and see ready player one <laughs> they're sort of like oh Son, yeah, you know, thank you, perfect. Because <laughs> I was thinking, I definitely want to see this as, pretty much as soon as it's launched. I'll have to go by myself because, yeah. uh, to be quite honest, you know, if I was um, giving my wife the option of, you know, going to see this film or giving her a terminal illness, she'd go for the terminal well, my, illness anyway. Well, my message is, she said about, because we, obviously when we're going on, well, this time next week, we'd have already seen it and we're here, you know. Yeah. But... Um, she was on about, oh, is it still worth going? Even though I can't have, because she's on a sort of a diet at the minute and um, she can't have the snacks and stuff that come with the ticket. Yeah. I said, well, don't worry about that. I'll eat them. <laughs> I'll have an off-plan day for my own diet. Do you know what I mean? You know. Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, and I'm still going to have a beer. I don't care what anyone else says. I'll bring a, a lager in there and I'll just chill out and enjoy it. Well, you've got to spoil yourself every now and again, haven't you? Yeah, I have. I've, I've even I've had, I bought a couple of purchases as well this week, which I'll talk about. So uh, just tiny ones. I think great, but... Um... Yeah. So anyway, I've moved on to uh, listening to Rama 2. Cause by, by Arthur C. Clarke, yeah? Yeah, because I'd learned... I mean, I've read the books, um, the Rama series, hmm. four or five times, but it's quite nice actually listening to... Um, listening to it instead of actually having to sit and read it um and also when i've been doing like monotonous sort of jobs like the ironing <laughs> things like that <laughs> oh, okay it's, it's quite good to you know listen to an audiobook and so on out and just think about you know what the books do rather than um you know am i in a shirt whoopie do um <laughs> so that's uh that's been that and <clears throat> i'm looking forward to the end of wednesday because the end of wednesday is the start of my holiday uh, don't rub it in I've, I've got to wait till oh, sorry. Thursday sorry did I say the end of Wednesday I meant from the beginning of Wednesday <sighs> even worse <laughs> even worse and then I'm out for um, off work for two weeks and a day because I go back on the 12th which is a day after my birthday so that's well, that's it that's not bad is it that's not bad not bad at all so what about you Steve what's your well, been like it's really over the last couple of weeks it's been a bit meh really to be honest not a lot going on um as you know, I had trouble with my knee, so I'm, I've got another MRI scan booked. I don't know if I mentioned it last time or not. Mm. I've just had the date through for that to see whether or not I'll need an operation. Yeah. Um, but I prefer not to, <laughs> to be honest, if they can I sort can it out without that. that. Yeah, I can understand that. Um, so we'll see on that. We'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. I say, yeah, as, as you said, well, I've finished Ready Player One, and I'm actually, I've actually gone back to listening to Armada again. I've not which tried is, that one. I've been thinking about getting that. So, I've, yeah, it's... It's basically the last Starfighter. Yeah, as everyone keep everyone seems to to reference that movie to it. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm enjoying listening to that. 
Um, yeah, looking forward to Easter, obviously. We've got four days off. Mm. I'm still on the hunt for a desk. Argos. Yeah, I haven't looked in Argos yet. I was looking at Ikea because I was looking for corner desks. Argos have them. In matter of fact, I, the, I've got a corner desk and it's from Argos. Oh, you have to send me a link and I'll have a look at that later. Yeah. Because I'd like, I'd like to get a couple, really, if I could. Don't need, don't need to be expensive, just so I can have a corner and a, you know... You've seen my room or how messy it is, so I'd like to just tidy that all up, actually. Yeah. And uh, we've got me, we've got a bit, well, sad for my, for my missus, because um, their eldest daughter, they're moving to Norwich. All right, that's a bit it's, of a trek. It is, yeah. It's all due to do with work and um, trying to buy a house, because you just, I think young people just can't afford to do it at the moment. It's so tough. No, no, and especially the house prices down south. I mean, they're different in North Yorkshire to where you are. Oh, absolutely. Out. but but what is quite quite amusing is that it's the same scale when you actually go up to Thornaby, you know, which is like Cleveland, yeah. Um, because what you would get for like a two, a, you know, a small two bedroomed house, you get a four bedroomed house in Thornaby for the, you know, even though it's only like 20, 30 miles down the road. Yeah, it is, and for them, it's it means they can try and get on the ladder in Norwich. Mm. And then maybe but, they might, you know, it's, I don't know, we'll see how it goes for them. It's, you know. I thought Norwich was quite an expensive area as well. Well, not compared to here where I am. <laughs> Let's put no, it that that's way. true. But you're, you're coastal there, aren't you? Yeah, and that does um, put the price up. Always, yeah. Uh, Amazon, yeah. So I've made a couple of purchases, only tiny. So Well, I don't know what these are, so I'm looking forward to hearing so, what these are. So, you know, I've got a Star Trek cell didn't i show you that long when you last came um i've got the movie cell film from, cell yeah from um, the original series yeah well I, i've actually ordered one from ready player one. Oh, cool and i think it'd be about the same sort of size yeah so it's got the cell marking on it as well these are authenticated yeah so that should be with me in a couple of days cool so, I, I think do you know i'm really keen i'd love to have a nice collection of cells i've seen some bigger ones Mm. sort of big poster sized ones with like several in them so like Back to the Future and Star Trek 2 for example you get all these ones that are available they look nice hanging on the wall Um, I've got Star Wars ones oh you've got some Star Wars ones yeah yeah so I I, I like I like the idea of them it's something it's something a bit different it is also something else I've purchased (laughs) now I remember you mentioning this this product when when it was for release you said Steve I know you want this yeah, I know you want this. And do you remember what that was? No. Do you remember something to do with Destiny? Oh, the uh, speaker. Yeah. How much was it then? Do you remember? About 70 quid, I think. Yeah. That's I'm getting bad. it for £13. What? Was it what, in a sale? Oh, no, it's just advertisers 13, I think about 13.50. I could have to send me the link to that. <laughs> <laughs> so I've... I've just hit the... It's been in my inbox for a few days. And even though I noticed came up in the inbox saying it's actually been reduced again, so it was reduced by about 30, 40p. Oh, wow. I'm, I'm going to have to have a look on Amazon. <laughs> I'm so kid in that case. Yeah, just have a look. I can see what price it is. Uh, it's just... I, I've got to have one for that price. Yeah. Um, even to... Even because I've got the Destiny app on my uh, on my Amazon talking device. <laughs> So it'd be great to use that when I get back onto Destiny and have that running in the background. Limited edition speaker, thirteen pounds. Yeah. Ordered. <laughs> <laughs> They're not tiny, are they? Quite big. <clears throat> no. Well, that's ordered, so that'll be coming <laughs> day after tomorrow. Cool. Thank you for that. That's all right. No, no problem. 
Uh, so and my, I've now my screen on my laptop has decided to go into into sleep mode. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know what we're talking about. Um, yeah. So <clears throat> going on to what we're going to talk about today. So gaming wise, been playing some a lot of driving games. Yes. So a lot I've been of for- playing driving game as well. Yeah. So I've been playing a bit of Forza. Yeah. A bit of Burnout. Yeah. And also another game that was just released Friday. So I've started playing Nino Cooney on the PlayStation. Very cool. And uh, yeah, that was, I went to Tesco's for that. Yeah. Because <laughs> do you know the digital version that they do on the PlayStation store is just a special edition? Yeah. Which is 74 quid. Which is quite pricey. And that includes a season pass. Mm-hmm. But I don't, you know, I can wait for that. If it, if this game is as good as it's going to be, then I don't mind, you know, it's not going to be needed straight away. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, and also, just you might not actually want to go further on when you got to the end of it. No, exactly, yeah. Um, and my, and uh, my laptop won't let me in. <laughs> That's great, isn't it? So, yeah, so they've been playing it. So some of the movies this week as well. And God, you've, you've forgotten one of the games that you've been oh well we'll save that for later because you are a sad sad man (laughs) there with your anorak because then you can and your tart and your tart in the thermos (laughs) that that gives you a clue everybody (laughs) and 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 his uh, cheese and cucumber sandwiches (laughs) (laughs) but we'll let you think about that and see what if you can figure it out yeah, we'll think about that. And yeah, so yeah, see if you can gauge what I'm talking about. <laughs> God, you're terrible. You're. Oh. Anyway, so movies this week, and I decided to watch a couple of pop culture reference to Ready Player One. Mm-hmm. And I also I watched an 18 certificate movie, which I haven't done. I can't. Don't remember the last time I sat and watched an 18 certificate movie. They're, really? I think they're few and far between these days. Yeah, because it's not really appealing to the mass market, is it? Everybody wants to do 12A. Yeah. And that's called, that was The Cult of Chucky. Never been into Chucky films, I have to admit. But honestly. I'd be interested to see what you say about it. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. There was another film I saw, which was, I'll say, I'll say that for probably next time we, 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 we go around the, in the talking next time we do a podcast. And uh, yeah, have the bits and pieces, a bit of TV. We've got a nice debate, haven't we, about spaceships? We have indeed. Looking forward to that one. Yeah, and we've got our top ten there, which I think we're going to clash with a little bit, I feel. Do you think? Uh, well, I bet you our number ones won't be the same. Well, yours will be the Enterprise, won't it? <laughs> yours will be the Falcon, won't it? So, other than that, <laughs> <laughs> we know each other too well. <laughs> no longer a dream, but a reality. gaming news this week and it might be a bit old news actually because i put it in when we were going to record last week and we weren't Mm. able to um star wars battlefront 2 as you know it was heavily criticized because of the way it allowed players to pay real money for getting loot boxes that contain items that actually affected gameplay with some critics citing that this was a pay-to-win situation yeah well ea received an awful lot of bad press and in response what they did was remove the microtransactions from the game completely just before its public launch uh, with the developer saying that it needed more time to adjust them and bring them back well EA have since announced 
that they are going to place microtransactions back in the game, mm. but due to a new progression system that they're implementing at the moment, you can only get the star cards from playing the game uh, with only cosmetic items being um, available in the microtransactions. So pretty much like the way that Destiny is, which, to be honest, I think is the better move to be blunt. Yeah. I think it's a shame what's happened with Battlefront because I actually quite enjoyed the campaign. Did you get to finish it? Yeah, I finished the campaign. It's mm. not long. It's only about six or seven hours. <coughs> um, but I'm not interested in the um, multiplayer in any way, shape or form near the same. And I, th- I think that this is where we're struggling with EA as a developer of Star Wars games now is that they're only sighted on doing Battlefront games, or so it feels. Yeah. And I think it's time, and I've heard a lot of rumours about this, but I think it's time Lucas, uh, sorry, um, Disney, turn around to EA and pulled the plug on them developing games and give it to somebody who will do a good job. Let's turn around and go back to Bioware and say, bring us another, you know, Knights of the Old Republic. Hmm. I mean, I I think this was, I don't think this was news you saw, but I did notice um, on a page on the website, was it the weekend somewhere, that um, EA are looking for developers for a new Star Wars game. If that's the there's, case. there's been lots of rumours, there's been lots of rumours about that. Hmm. And I hope so. So, yeah, it's a shame. I really was looking forward to this game, mm. but it's just, I've just, it's just not panned. I mean, I may go back to it on EA Access at some point. Yeah. And, you know, until then, I'll, 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 I don't, actually, to be honest, I might have not finished my 10 hours. Mm. But it's something I, I just, you know, back in the day, we used to love our Star Wars games and stuff like that. And it just, it, it, really disappoints me that we've come to the point of we're ignoring these games now because they're just not coming out as what we expect. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, the the Battlefront games look absolutely gorgeous as well. Mm. Yeah. The campaign is enjoyable. There's a couple of bits where, if you, you know, I feel like a bit of a bottleneck in the story mm. because we're just made a little bit needlessly, <clears throat> not difficult, but just frustrating to get past um but other than that i, th- I think it you know it was a, it was a good storyline i know some people haven't enjoyed it but you know i enjoyed it that's all i can say um but i think we need a new developer to be doing star wars games now because ea have completely the wrong focus on all this no matter of fact give it to ubisoft let's see what they can do with the assassin's creed engine using star wars yeah yeah because that engine, you know, on you know Origins, it looks fantastic. So let's let's go back to you know back. Uh, I'll give it to Ubisoft and let them do it. I think that that would be a good move. Or Bioware, either one. <coughs> well, Bioware, yeah. I mean, it'd be nice to see another Mass Effect game in a few years' time once they've sorted themselves out. Well, I don't think that we're going to see that for another ten years, if ever. No, I don't think so. It's um... certainly not this gen now. No, I, th- I think Andromeda's killed Mass Effect for a long time. If we ever see it back, yes, it's. Um, do you know I can't get into my laptop? <laughs> All this time we're talking, it's mental. No, I can't get in.
and we're back. Laptop number two is now running. Do apologise about that. And um, company laptops always seem to fail when they least need it. But anyway, Hayden. So we were talking about the news, and while we were chatting off air just now, Hayden just had a little bit of news, which might be breaking to a certain degree. Do you want to tell us what it is? Yep. It's Ninja Theory's Hellblade Senua's Sacrifice is coming to the Xbox One. And it's also receiving enhancements for the Xbox One X. Uh, so those playing on the Xbox One X will have three enhanced modes to choose from, which will include uh, enhanced visuals mode with extra effects and higher uh, visual quality, higher frame rate mode, uh, which runs at 60 frames per second and high resolution up to 4K. And as of uh, the 26th of March, people in America, I don't know about England, will be able to order Hellblade for $29.99 as it releases on April the 11th, which happens to be my birthday. So I know that <laughs> uh, somebody wants to send me that as a birthday present. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. But uh, yeah, so that's uh, some good news, uh, I think, because that is one heck of a game. It's and I didn't really finish good. it on the I didn't finish it on the PlayStation, but I'm so tempted to just play it on, the, in a, on an inferior machine for, for for power and graphics. Do you know what I mean? Okay, and there goes all of our PlayStation Four <laughs> listeners. Thank you very much, Steve. <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fantastic game on the PS4 and it's really oh, good it news that it's coming on the Xbox One X and you really, really should try and finish that because the sound on that game and the, the unique way that they do the... Yeah, playing uh, with headphones. Mm. Yeah, the, the unique way that they do the audio version of Radar so it's getting closer, it's getting closer and, you know... Yeah. Do, you think, and it, do you think the Xbox have it in Dolby Atmos? Well... Don't forget, you'll be able to use the Dolby enhancements if you've uh, got that. Mm. Anyway, won't you? Because, you know, if you've um, downloaded the Dolby digital processing for headphones and paid for that, so that'll be quite fantastic as well. Or if you've obviously got 7.1 headphones anyway, it won't matter. But, um, no, it's it's a brilliant game, and it's definitely a game you must, must play with your headphones on. Absolutely, I totally agree. Mm. Okay, should we um, we move on to new releases then? Okay, so this week, so 27th of the 3rd. Should I do this? Yeah, go on and you do that because I've done the news. <laughs> You're getting into a habit then of thinking, you, you're doing this. Well, seeing as I'm always the one who pastes it in anyway. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Anyway, so this first bunch are out, well, there's a couple out on the 27th of the month. Yeah, um, we've got Far Cry Five on all platforms with Ubisoft, and MX versus ATV All Out by THQ on all formats. And I don't know, I haven't got a clue what that one is. Is that mot- motocross or something? Is it? Yeah, it's um, motocross and all-terrain vehicles, isn't it? Oh, okay, cool. And from the thirtieth of the third, we have uh, The Witch and the Hundred Knight Two on the PS4. We have Quar Infernal Machines, PS4 and PSVR. Penny Punching Princess on the Switch. Don't Starve Mega Pack, PS4, Xbox One. And Altair, Lydia and Suel, The Alchemist and the Mysterious Paintings. That's a mouthful. On PC, PS4 and Switch as well. Mm. Interesting. Don't Starve, I suppose. Many people have played that. Oh, 
Probably countless times. Well, it was uh, free with um, PS Plus, wasn't it? At some point. And I think it, I think it was with Gold Games for Gold. I, I didn't think it was on that one, but I might be wrong. I don't know, but I know it was definitely on Plus. Oh, okay. Because I've got it in my collection, but I didn't buy it. It's it's not it's not well. It's a game for those that like to lose a lot in it, isn't it? Yeah, it's Dialogue. not my sort. Not my sort of uh, game. It's like a survival game, isn't it? Mm. Okay, so if we move swiftly onto the charts, um, we'll start in reverse order, of course. So at f- at five from being in sixth is Mario Kart Eight Deluxe on the Nintendo. From from being first down to fourth, we have Grand Theft Auto Five again, still singing in there and doing its praises. Um, down to down to three from four, we got FIFA Eighteen, and in at two we got Kirby Star Allies, which is Nintendo, and number one, we all know what that would be Burnout Paradise Remastered, and so it should be. Well, that's probably there because it's on all format, well, two two main formats, isn't it? So. Well, also because it's a good game, and that lots yeah. of people have played it and wanted to play it again. Double achievements, indeed. Hayden. Double bubble. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing about with that. Just just because you've got that that achievement envy, because I haven't even tried this month and I've got four and a half thousand gamer score. <laughs> yeah, we won't go into all these really, really crap games that you that you seem to. Churn out and I, play I play a variety of game. I'm more experimental and I'm supporting indie developers. Yeah, they are. You're supporting a lot of the crap games out there. Okay. Anyway, should we move on to what we've been playing then, pal? Yeah, yeah go on. Then. Okay. So I think if we start with that, um, both you and I have played it. Now, I only played it for about two hours. Uh, I have enjoyed it. And I, to be honest, I do think it looks better than the original. Do you agree? Yeah, because this is one of the strange things that they've done with this, haven't they? Because on Burnout Paradise, they actually didn't they release this one of the ones with the enhanced modes for Xbox One X as well? Yes, it is, yeah. So it was already looking fantastic. But, I mean, obviously you can still tell, even because it's a remaster, you can still tell it's a previous-gen game, but it does look gorgeous in 4K. There's been a... There's been a, it's been a- Probably maybe two podcasts I've been listening to in the last week. Yeah. Which were complaining that it didn't look as good. And I dis- I mean, I, I thought they were talking out of their backsides, to be honest. Because, yeah. I, because I, I, well, I think the way, the way, the, the graphics, the way it was, the way it's drawn and with that sort of crackdown scenario, if you know what I mean, that sort of cartoon image. And yeah. it was a little bit misty on the, on the 360. If, yeah, it was a bit you, blurred, wasn't it? Yeah, but it is crystal. Oh, I mean, absolutely! I, I, I'll give you, I'll give you an example for me. Now, I was playing one of the pack, the one of the DLC packs, which is one with the obviously got the Back to the Future car, the Jensen. Yeah, and also you got the Knight Rider. Yes, and I happen obviously when you're riding with the car, whole car in front of you, I noticed and looked at the dashboard. Yeah, and, and it's saw beautifully detailed, isn't how, it? Exact, how clear and crystal does that de- dashboard look, even at that distance you're sitting behind the car? Yeah. No, you, then, you can see the whole kit sort of uh, display on that car. Exactly. And then when I went to the 360 and I noticed it, I could went to the same car and I could see the difference, mm. without a doubt. Uh, it's, it's a great game. It is very... The playability on that is is outstanding. 
especially yeah. with the and with the soundtrack as well. I think they had every right to re-release that. Oh yeah, absolutely. I would I would like them to re remake exactly the same game, but bring everything up to Forza standard in terms of visuals. Because to be fair, it's not there. It no. looks gorgeous. But just imagine if it had all of the playability of that game, but it looked like Forza. Yeah, because if I move on from from my point of view, I've been playing. A, a, well, I've now played thirty hours of Forza. Yeah, um, I know it's been out a while. We've got another year of Forza Seven until we see the next one, because obviously this summer will be um, Horizons. Four. Horizons will be coming out, and where I've been playing this game, it just the cars are so detailed and it just looks gorgeous it, I mean as much as Burnout's okay and it looks nice Forza looks four or five times better mm. from my point of view yeah even though for, um, it is a, it's a much older game um, Forza is it's just in a completely different class and even though that you know Burnout's a remaster but it still doesn't mean that Burnout's not a good looking game it's always oh, no. been a good looking game no I mean <clears throat> we've seen there's obviously the difference to time scale and how these games are put together obviously a newer game anyway but yeah but it's just outstanding I mean I'm really pleased with how I'm getting on with that game now and with what I've been putting into it um, so for me doing the, the single player stuff yeah I've completed the Seeker, the Breakout, Evolution, Domination, and Master. Right. Um, sets of races. Just leave me the the Forza Drivers Cup left to do. Mm-hmm. Which is off. So, and at that point, I've now got what that 123 cars. Um, driver Tier 11, Driver Level 34, and I'm just loving it. I just every I, I it it's one of my favourite games just to play on the Xbox at the minute. Yeah. Yeah, it's a great game. I know. I know driving games aren't everybody's cup of tea. No, <laughs> and some people think that there's not a lot involved in Forza, but they've actually they've actually put more into that game now compared to into Forza Six, when that was released with the original Xbox X. Sorry, the original one, shall I say, yeah. Xbox One. Uh, there's loads of online stuff to do now with that game as well. Do you know what is real? This is really weird. I think. In terms of the way that I like, you know, games. But when it comes to driving games, my favourite one is Burnout Paradise. Okay, that's just just the way that I feel uh, about it. I love just I just think that they made a perfect game there. Mm. But in the terms of the Forza, um, you know, selection of games, I much prefer. Forza to Horizons because I just feel like sometimes on Horizons there's a little bit too much waffing about between events. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Because sometimes the next event that you want to do is like the other side of the map and then you've got to drive a really long section that'll, that takes you longer than yeah, the event well, to actually get there. I mean, and when it, you op- if you open up the map enough and you can start to fast travel, obviously. Yeah, but that costs that takes you time. stuff. But it also costs you stuff as well, yeah. doesn't it? Because it takes off XP or money or whatever it is. I don't think that they should be do- penalising mm. you for using fast travel because no. at a certain that, point, it stops you playing. Yeah, at a certain point in the game, you do get, X, you get the um, fast travel for free. Do you? Yeah, it, at, at one at one point you get to so far in the game, it will then say, "Oh, you can go there." So it's like going to the two DLC sites on the, on that map. Yeah, 
you're going to go to the um, Hot Wheels or the, the Snowy Mountain pack. Yeah. You know, you, you just hit X and it'll send you there without, you know. I mean, I've got, to be honest, with Forza, with Forza Horizon, the latest one, I, I've got 7 million in the bank there on that game. Yeah. But compared to Forza Motorsport 7, I'm, I think I've got a million at the minute, but I've been buying cars. Also, I've been using the mods in the game, which a lot of people probably turned their nose up at. Well, isn't that cheating? Well, no, because what it was, it's, 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 it's to earn XP. Oh, right. Sorry. Yeah, those mods. Sorry, I was... Uh, you with me? Yeah. Yeah, not, not mods yeah. as in PC mods, but you have cards. You, you can, you've, got, you've got three slots for cards during any race, and you might have one there that will say ABS off or on or drive in the rain or, or car view only or stuff like that. Yeah, um, or just drive with a bonnet or exactly. the bonnet view or not have the best fit line, all of that sort yeah, of thing. Take, yeah, take, the, take, think- take the braking line off, you know, all these sorts of... And I quite like those. Uh, you can buy the packs there with the, with, the, with the in-game money anyway as well. Yeah, and, and not only that, I do think that they also just add a bit of variety and a bit of a different challenge to each race as well. Yeah, because if you're going to get sometime, you might get like an oval race. Yeah, um, which is, you think will be pretty straightforward, but you try and add some of the mods in there, like um, one of the ones where you you mustn't come off the track in the whole race. No, yeah. that ain't always easy. No, it's not, and especially not when uh, you've got other people's driver tires. Yeah, when you know, I got knocking yeah, you out of the way, and I, Steve. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you one right. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> Phil Spencer took me out on the last race I did. <laughs> I could have, I could have swore at him. I tell you, he yeah. took me right out, and it was I was on the last race as well. But I, I still nicked it though on the actual trophy. But I'm pretty good. I don't know what my I know it, actually. Anyone out there that is been playing this, let me know how my Travitar's doing. Yeah, let's know how how bad I'm driving. Yeah, I I did have uh, a conversation with uh, George, who's one of our community <laughs> listeners, uh, about my. Uh, driver Tar's uh, lack of um, ability to respect other drivers on the road. <laughs> <laughs> but if you're in my way, just get out. Simple. <laughs> that's it. That's it. I mean, we all have our we all have our cheats and tricks to get round the to get round the a certain bend, you know, off of someone else's sides, for example. Yeah, of course. That that uh, deflection so that you don't lose speed, but they do, <laughs> and then they all go off into the corner. Yeah. You know, it's. Uh, I just. I'd, I'd like to. I'd like to do some more online on that. To be honest, if I can get anyone that wants to have a race mm. and a bit of fun, because that that's the bit we're missing out on at the moment. As much as we're playing offline, well, online, but doing the the sort of like a standard story mode as such, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Well, I might be up for doing a, a little bit of um, online on that as well, because to be honest, I haven't booted that up for months. Um, just just because. Racing games generally aren't my bag unless it's one that really grasps, uh, grasps me. And that's what, um, I mean, with Burnout, you know, I've, uh, I started playing that and then got, got it as well, you know, because, yeah. um, you know, I did get it slightly cheaper, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, I, at the moment, I've got the eight hours to play with that. So yeah. I'm quite happy with that. I do have the 360 back compat version. Yeah. So do I. And also DLC that I originally bought with that. So, you know, worst cases, I can always go back to that. But that's the thing with the DLC. You actually have that inbuilt 
in the remaster. So it's already all there. You don't need to buy it again. No, and also the major one, which was the um, the, the other island, the surf island, whatever they called it. Yeah. Um, originally, it was under construction on the bridge. Do you remember? Oh, yeah. I remember it was months and months and months that that thing was going under construction. They're saying it was coming soon, but they're, they're, what they did was the idea of seeing the bid, uh, the bridge being built before you could get across. Yeah. Very clever. I like that idea. That was really good. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah, so I don't know. Do you have any more to say about Forza or Burn Up, Burn Out at all? Anything else you want to say about it? Um, no, I mean, I, I just it's just one of those games that is, um, for me, one of the things that got me back into video games after a bit of a, a lull because I kind of feel like the the generation before last, the PS2 mm. era, um, <clears throat> was a very quiet time for me. I did have a few PS2 games, mm. but then my PS2 started acting up and I kind of just lost a bit of interest, you know, in video games for a long time and then this was one of the games that pulled me back. Yeah. I must admit, I need... Um, this is no reflect to the game itself, but I need to go back to Gran Turismo as well. Yeah. I do have that, and I have been playing. That looks... Lo- Again, in its own way, that looks lovely, that game. Yeah. Uh, but I just, you know, the pull more to the Xbox at the minute, more than the PlayStation. Mm. But saying that, um, these other games that are going to pull me to the PlayStation at the moment. Yeah. So it's it's a bit of a tug of war between the two consoles. I I don't hate one more than the other. No. It's more for what's being out at the minute, but just Forza at the minute, I've been really caning that over the last week or two. Yeah. You know. But uh, so yeah, so next game I want to talk about, but this will be very brief, mind you, because I've only just started it. Is uh, Nino Cooney two? Revenant Kingdom and after off the back of me completing Persona 5 I just fancied another game with a lot of depth in it Mm. from the PlayStation point of view now obviously with exclusives I never got to play Nino Kuni 1 yeah which I think was a PlayStation 3 game I think so yeah Um, that does on the back of that I would have liked them to have actually remastered that. It would have been great before they brought this out. They missed a trick there. Mm. And then we could have... <clears throat> I could have played that beforehand. But from booting this game up and playing for about three hours so far... Yeah. It looks gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. And as when I spoke to Nicky about it, asking for a little bit of fee- feedback on what you think this sort of game is. And he said to me, Blue Dragon. Now, Blue Dragon on the Xbox, I adore that game. I never got on with it. No? But but I'm not into that sort of JRPG. Mm. Sometimes I struggle with Final Fantasy, to be honest, let alone. Oh, I've got a big... Oh, I've mentioned it. I mean to mention about my problems but with that, but I'll talk about that in a minute. But yeah, um, it it does remind me of, of the way that, uh, that, that Blue Dragon works although with Nina Cooney 2 they did have the um, turn 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 system for the for the action mm. where now it's in real time so you just get out there with your with your with your, your weapons and you can just hack away at the, the different enemies that you come across yeah uh, 
with some of the reviews I've been I've been listening to, there's a, a bit of sort of an up and down regarding different parts of this game, what they've got built into it. So there's like a management there's like a management sin sin city type of system built in for some for some towns and kingdoms that you have to put together. Mm-hmm. Haven't come across that yet, uh, but I, I, that won't really bother me. I think I like the idea of different different sort of play styles in this game. Yeah, uh, with the minute with with not playing the first one, I'm not fussed with the real time battle mode if such if you know what I mean mm. but just briefly it's it looks stunning absolutely does and that cartoon look that it has I love it really it's really colourful uh, the act the acting of the of the of the characters with the voices is probably not up to stat, the same sort of standard as Blue Dragon but I don't that doesn't bother me too much yeah you know but yeah I, I don't know if it you I don't think you would get involved sort of get get in with this game much would you it's not your cup of tea so no it's not it's not my genre to be honest Mm. which is probably a shame but I say again it's each to their own isn't it that's why there's two of us well we can't all like every sort of game can we no no not at all but I say I'll I'll hopefully get more playtime with this over the next few days Mm. leading up to Easter yeah Um, so yeah so that'd be pretty cool so my last game I want to talk about, and you want to rip me, <laughs> rip me into shreds. Is it the real? Now let me just put a bit of background into this for why I, I decided to go for this. Because you're sad. <laughs> we all, we all that we're all sad geeks anyway. You and me both. But yeah, but so but, as... but this is going beyond the bottom of the barrel, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so as a child, I was fascinated with trains, and. Maybe not on the same same sense as Big Bang Sheldon, to be honest. Okay. But I used to I used to love trains. Um, I loved my I used to have the old Skeletrix Hornby sets, whatever they were at the time as a kid. Yeah. So when I saw this come on the on the marketplace, and we're talking Train Sim World, the Founders Edition, my ears just pricked up. And to be honest, I've not played a sim game on the Xbox yet. Hmm. Um, I suppose if we're going to call the goat simulator a sim, maybe then yes, I have. But I don't think the goat simulator is a sim at all. <laughs> I don't. I don't know of many goats that actually behave like that. No, not at all. But we do have like we we have got um, we got like the the farming simulator type out there. Yeah. So I think it was about twenty quid. So I thought, why not? And I was pleasantly surprised to be honest on what this game is so when you boot this game up you're given some tutorials yeah. to do on how to drive and stop a train at yeah. stations <laughs> now I know I might bore a few of you guys for a little bit but just bear with me on this one and then you can hear Hayden's but just hear me out and you you might you know get something out of this you may, then you maybe not and I was very surprised how many things you have to do before that train actually runs it's not like put the joystick down and you're away it's like five or six switches you have to put into position before you even pull away mm. so I I my, I just my face I'm not the type that would wear a little choo-choo hat if you know what I mean sit there with a whistle <laughs> so you say <laughs> do you know what I mean choo-choo <laughs> um, so 
I, it was really good. Actually, the gamer score is the ga- the amount of um, achievements are very small in the game, so they're all quite large ones. So just for doing the tr- just for doing the tutorial, I got two hundred gamer score. <laughs> oh, so now we know why you're playing it. <laughs> Trying to catch up, are anyway. We? <laughs> so anyway, yeah. So once you've done the tutorials, you you get another little sub menu up. You get you get a, a, there's a little list of scenarios to do, which I've not really touched yet, and. You, what you the main part of the game is a 24 hour timetable right so from about one in the morning till midnight you've got all these trains running and all these trains run on the great western line now for you guys that are not in the south this is the line that runs from paddington to just about bristol a bit more further away from bristol so that line goes all the way across the country in a well, not a straight line but near enough uh, that's what what you get to play with, and what you get is you get three types of trains. Now you might say, "Oh, that's not many trains," but to be honest, for the price you've got, and these are the trains you would get on that on that line. You get a um, you get a class one six six GWG, which might not mean a lot, but basically that train was is the basic the basic train that does a lot of stopping at stations. If you know what I mean. Yeah. So it's very flat-ended with a small small cab at the front. Then you get, there's a, a Class 66 DBS, which is like a freight train, which I haven't unlocked yet. And the main one, which we, we all would recognize, is, which is a Class 43, which is the high-speed, like, 125, mm-hmm. with the point ended on the end of the train. And I've just had a blast. I know this sounds really boring, but I did a couple of runs. Now, as a as a kid, or say actually as a teenager, I used the trains a hell of a lot. So when I was when I was an electrician working, I would use the trains once a week to go from Lang go well, depending where I was working, to get to Langley and back to Twyford where I was living at the time. And then every other weekend I'll be travelling up to, to Tottenham to see Spurs play. Mm-hmm. So that Great Western line I know like the back of my hand. And is it an accurate representation? absolutely is the the train stations are strikingly resemblance to what they were now reading station had a refit about a year and a half ago mm-hmm. and that's what it's got in the refit so the refit is in there yeah and my main state train night train station which is twyford where i used to live as a, as a teenager yeah um, that is there to perfection even all the uh the design of the steel work in the in the roofing section that you get. Uh-huh. And it's all coloured like it's painted now. It's just really stunning. And as much as the fact that I actually got out of a train, and I, you can go for walkabouts as well with, with out of the trains as well, and you can even take a train ride yourself if you feel, if that floats your boat, if you know what I mean. And what I did was I, I went up to the top of Twyford's um, main platform to shoot across from one side to the other. And I can even go all the way along, down the other side of the stairs, out to the Hearst Road, which that leads down to where I used to live. And that set of steps is very famous to me because as a 16-year-old child, I will call myself a child because I did something very childish while I was drunk, I jumped that flight of stairs okay, and landed on one foot and my my ankle swelled up to a tennis ball. Yeah. And it's never been the same. It's actually still swollen now to this day. 
So that was quite a meeting to see that that set of stairs, which I last was was actually very drunk and doing a stupid thing. But hey, hey, ho, that's and life. Could you try and jump down the stairs while in the I, simulator? I did, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't How did I know you were going to say that? <laughs> but but honestly, I was fascinated with how these trains drive. As much as it's, I tell you how much of a sim it is. You think to yourself, all right, you get, you pull away at Paddington. I'll go make a cup of tea. I've got 15, 20 minutes before I get to Reading. Yeah. But there's a dead man switch. And every now and then, when it beeps, you have to put your foot on the pedal to prove you're still alive and driving. Otherwise, it stops the train. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. But it's, that's really all I'm going to say. I'd like to see some DLC for this where they give you some trains around the world. Hmm. Like sort of the bullet train in Japan and maybe the, a line, you know, something's going through New York Station or something like that. But yeah, I know this isn't for everyone, but I had a ball with it. Well, if you really want to do train simulations, then... I should you be on the have, PC. <laughs> you should be on the PC because there's train simulator and there's also trains with a Z at the end of it. Uh, oh, okay. All on uh, Steam, easy enough to I get think- access to. I think the train sim world is on Steam as well, isn't it? <clears throat> yeah. And they got loads of DLC because I did I did um, do some email stuff at the beginning of the game. Yeah, Train Simulator, I think, has got the most expensive collection of um, DLC that you can buy. It goes into thousands of pounds. It does. I remember, did we chat about this months and months ago, if I remember rightly, when we were talking about this? Yeah. Yeah, we did. Uh, but it's just, I had a blast with this. And do you know what I do now sometimes? After being on, on some certain activity on a, on the Xbox or PlayStation, I want to chill out for 20 minutes. I might just go and put a train on and just take a trip. It's your come down game, is it? <laughs> do you know? Yeah. And I, what I sometimes have done is I've let the tra- I quickly go out the train and sort of running down the, down the, down the passengers. Because it's... It's crazy because you get all the passengers going in and out all the time. They come off the train. Even the weather conditions can change, and you can change that as well with the environment. Yeah. So you can have a you can have a train in snow, or pouring rain, or summer, spring. Mm. But yeah, I was absolutely fascinated with it. I loved it. Well, fair enough. If that's know, what you like, that's what you like. I know I could be ribbed about this by many people, but hey ho, it's you know something different. It is different, yeah. But just don't take the mick out of me playing indie games from now on. <laughs> <laughs> I will say when you take the mick out, you playing Fortnite. No, anyway. <laughs> do you want to talk about what you've been playing then, pal? Okay. Um, well, we've already mentioned Burnout uh, Paradise Remastered, so I'm not going to yeah. talk about that anymore, but uh, I've been playing that. Nice to be playing that game again. Um, other games. Shadow of the Colossus. Everyone's raving. Everyone's raving about this game. Yeah, and it looks absolutely gorgeous as well. Um, I had it on the PS3, mm. which I think was also a HD version from the PS2 version, wasn't it, or something like that? Right. Okay. Um, never really played it very much. Played this one uh, uh, much further in than I'd had with the other, and quite enjoying it this time round. Now, this is pretty cheap as well, isn't it, I think? Yes, it is, yeah. Was it about 15, 20 quid? Something like that, yeah. I thought mm. it wasn't very much at all. Uh, and it's come down <laughs> since then anyway, so I think yeah, I think the cheapest I've seen it was about 12 quid. Yeah. 
Um, but it looks absolutely gorgeous. The creatures are quite fascinating as well. Quite nice uh, environments on it. If you've not picked this up, if you were... Xbox side before. Uh, sorry, I'm yawning at the same time as talking. Um, if you're Xbox side before and you've not played this and now you've gone over to PS4, well worth a look, to be honest, as a bit of uh, gaming history on the PlayStation side. Hmm. So maybe one that you might like, Steve. Have you well, played yeah. this? No, I haven't. So I obviously missed out. I played a, had a PlayStation 2 but never got a PlayStation 3. Yeah. And... I was listening to another podcast the other day and mm-hmm. they were talking about retro gaming with different consoles. Yeah. I always thought, well, should I get, should I maybe go for a, just pick up a PlayStation 1? Yeah. But to be honest, don't PlayStation 1 games play on the PlayStation 3? Um, I don't know. From what I believe, I think they do to a certain extent. I think... <sighs> You'd have to download, probably download a patch, maybe. Wasn't it? No, wasn't it uh, early ones? If you didn't do the update, the system update, hmm. they did PS2, I think. PS1s played on PS2s and all that. Yeah, but I think, I'm sure there's someone out there that can put me right, but if that was the case, I wouldn't mind picking up a PlayStation 3. Yeah. Just to pick up a few bits and pieces. Yeah. Well, they're all coming out at HD Remastered anyway, so you might as well just pick those ones up, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. But Shadow of the Colossus, I mean, a lot of people have been raving about the, the, um, the how good-looking that game looks, looks it, like. It does. It looks gorgeous. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I might be tempted at some point. It's. I think it's pretty much on par with The Last Guardian, to be honest. Oh, you think so, yeah? Yeah. But around about that sort of level <laughs> of quality. And the monsters are huge that you fight. Yeah. You know, and uh, the whole morality of the story that, you know, you're killing these magnificent, massive beasts. <laughs> <laughs> Which is uh, quite good, but it's definitely, if you've just, you know, if this generation you've gone over to PlayStation from Xbox, look at this game. Um, I don't think you'll be disappointed, uh, to be honest. Is it a tough game? Not overly. Um there is challenge in there but it's not massively difficult either yeah you know, it's just a it's just quite a nice pace game mm. um you know and you know interesting story as well so i i would recommend it yeah yeah i just, yeah, I, might, yeah, I might do mm. so I, i'll have a might have a little look at also about maybe even picking up a playstation 3 at some point from somewhere maybe because i'll probably pick one up quite easy Oh, yeah. Well, CEX will supply you one pretty quickly, won't they? Yeah, as long as they don't charge me a nurse. <laughs> yeah, or uh, print, you, print you off a box beforehand, but we'll come on to that later on. <laughs> oh, yeah, of course. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so the next game I've been playing is uh, Fortnite. So um finally decided oh, I'm going to have a go at this. I've been playing the, um, you know, the battlegrounds equivalent basically it looks absolutely gorgeous it basically it's player unknown battlegrounds but with a more cartoonish sort of look they're on season three at the moment which means that you know there's extra unlocks and things like that as well so as you progress through the different levels 
you get different emojis and characters and new gliders and all of these sort of things that you know do you think do you think well what i'm hearing is is it epic that make this game isn't it um i can't remember who makes it to be honest i think it might be um they've been a bit bit they're sort of where they're reaping the rewards where this is a free free to play game yeah, and you like buy like a, for the season. You can buy like a season pass and stuff. That's like that. right. Yeah, you if you you don't have in order no. to engage in the season, you don't have to buy the season pass. You can still play. It costs you seven ninety nine for the for this season. So you know, like the way you get seasons on Diablo. Yeah, this is like that version of seasons. Mm. Um, but in terms of the way when you're actually, um playing it if you don't buy it then you still go through the season at a silver level and you don't earn any or very many unlocks so for example like what every five or ten levels that you progress you'll yeah, get i think you get something i think the way they've they've, they've worked this out they've seemed to be caning in a lot of um a lot of money out of this on this the way they've built, they've built the game and i'm hearing i've been hearing reports of some people have been a bit miffed about it right but um, I, don't, I don't know. It's, it's it's a difficult it's a difficult pendulum to swing, really, isn't it? Well, to be honest, I, I'm not really sure what the problem is on mm. on this. To be honest, because the way that it works is um, all you know. All that you're uh, basically doing is um, paying seven ninety nine. You get a new character, yeah, uh, and a couple of extra things, if I remember rightly, and then. Every time you progress up a level, you'll get another emoji or whatever. So you, you're paying to earn these things that don't impact on the game. Mm. But uh, at certain points, you know, you'll get uh, their V-Bucks, which you can also earn if you get quite high up on the uh, Silver Pass as well as the Gold Pass. So... You're still earning stuff. You're just not earning as much, but you're basically you're paying to earn, you know, um, cosmetic things. Yeah. Um, but it's it's basically it's player unknown battlegrounds, but with the extra building and harvesting resources. <coughs> yes, of course. Um, and it plays okay. You know, uh, I'd be interested to know what was in the uh, paid-for version of this because that's, uh, you know, not I haven't unlocked a single achievement in this game and I think that they're all down to, I think there's a single-player campaign, a PvE element to the game, which obviously you can't access from the free version. Right. Yeah, I bet you... I know, it's it's a difficult... Because these people have to make money. Yeah. Of course, you can, you can you can understand that, and obviously you, you don't. You can put a game out for free, but you know they're not cheap to put together. So yeah, I don't know. I I really I did I did actually install this on the PlayStation, but I just deleted it again. I couldn't be bothered. I just well, don't don't knock it. Mm. You know because it's not bad. It's it's one of those games that you can just load up and have a bit of fun with. Yeah. So, you know, I would just uh, test it out, to be quite honest. And, you know, maybe what we could do um, is just hook up and play a two-player game, you know, as a team, because you can uh, do the the versus 100 bit as a as a squad. Mm. 
Uh, and there's a couple of different modes as well. There's the normal one where you drop down onto the island uh, and then the storm slowly comes in. Or there's the blitz mode where you the, the storm comes in quicker, basically. So it's yeah. a much faster paced game. Personally, I prefer playing the blitz uh, version of the game because it just means that you get through the game quicker um, and then obviously everything gets that the eye of the storm gets smaller and smaller until you're within a few feet of your opponent hmm. and if you get caught in the storm then it starts to damage you and your health goes down until you get out into the eye of the storm when okay so that's that's how it works so you don't die immediately that you hit the, the storm barrier yeah. your health slowly goes down so it is like you know, if you've seen those videos of um you know uh PUBG that it's um you know chasing this invisible barrier that's coming after you all the time basically but blitz mode for me is definitely the better version yeah um okay. so it's it's free so it's not going to cost you much to have a go and you don't have to 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 use the sea or to play seasons you don't have to pay the 7.99 that's the important thing yeah. all it means is you just get less unlocks that's okay. it and also um i don't know whether or not it's still on but if you're a prime um amazon prime user and you've got a Twitch account. Uh, they're giving away free items for uh, Fortnite as well. So go on to there and uh, claim your free glider and stuff. Mm, I think I, I think I downloaded it when the glider was for free on the um, on the on the PlayStation at the time when you downloaded it. Yeah, but yeah, I, yeah, you know, maybe I'll re-download it and we'll give it a go. Download it on Xbox. We'll have a go on there. Yeah, I'll try. It on, yeah, actually, I'll do it on there instead. That might be better. Yeah. Definitely. Hmm. Okay, next one is Elite Dangerous in VR. Yes, I saw this. Yeah, and no, I, wow. <laughs> I no, forgot gonna, how good I, it was. I played this on Oculus yeah. a few years ago. Yeah. And I was wowed. Yeah. I must admit, it looks amazing. Yes. If anything, if, there, if, if I wanted to have VR... It will be for this sort of game only. Would be needed. Yeah, let's be honest. You wouldn't so, need to play another game. Oh, I don't know, but you know, if let's say Microsoft release a VR, maybe something at E3 playable with this, I'd be straight what, on it. What do you mean a Windows mixed media like they said that they're going to? Some they've got. So well, we we don't know. There's nothing really confirmed, but I wouldn't put it past them to release something this year. Well. I'd read somewhere that uh, it was going to be Windows Mixed Media and it doesn't make sense in them releasing another product. And plus the fact, seeing as that the way that they're going with this whole um, Xbox and PC running in tandem, mm. it would make sense for them to turn around and say, right, okay, so from now on, Windows Mixed Reality is now part of Xbox. Yeah. It just completely makes sense. Mm. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's absolutely fantastic. It transforms the game playing it mm. in VR because you know, when you're looking at your, um, you know, your, your screen, for example, in your ship when you're docked and it's got, you know, all the commodities or whatever it is or missions and that, you know, that looks a size. Yeah. But when you've got VR on, you suddenly realize that that is a massive screen that's right in front of your face. Mm. It's like, you know, sort of being a few feet away from a 55 inch screen. It's huge. Um, and then some of the other 
dials are much further away <laughs> than you actually realise. You know, which you don't get that depth perception in 2D. Mm. Um, and then, you know, like the ability to look at your angles of your cockpit and as a ship's flying over to look over mm. your head. And just when you're inside a hangar or inside, you know, one of the Coriolis stations or any station, to be honest, and you just look up and you go, wow, that's big because your depth perception is there. Yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't get to see the space station when I was on VR. Yeah. When I was in space and I could just see that, you know, I had my, I was using a two-handed control scheme. Yeah. The PC. So I could see my hands with this array of lights lit up on this dashboard that where my imaginary hands were actually doing what it was doing. Yeah. That sort of blew me away a bit, to be honest. Oh, yeah, it's absolutely, it's all quite amazing, to be mm. honest. But, um, you know, if you do have the ability to play the game in VR and you've got it and you've not tried it, really do it. You've, you've got to try it as an experience because it is different. And I do hope that if they bring Windows Mixed Reality or a different product for th- VR to the Xbox and also for the PlayStation uh, VR, the PSVR, I hope that they actually make this game available in VR for both systems because it completely transforms it. Mm, absolutely, yeah. So, you know, it's a very different experience. And I actually ended up having to go back to a controller, an Xbox controller, to play it on a PC because one of the things is, you know, I've got my expensive uh, Satek 52X mm. or X52. Um, I couldn't see where my hands were. <laughs> <laughs> so I was sort of like, right, okay, I just needed my controller to be able to control everything because that's just easier. You know, I would have got used to it pretty quickly, but that's not the point, you know. But mm. uh, yeah, transforms the, the experience of that game. Flying over landscapes where, you know, you, you're going over a planet um, at a low altitude and then you go over a chasm that's in that planet and you look down and you think, wow, that's a long way. <laughs> you know, that whole yeah. whole depth perception, it just transforms the game somewhat um you know and just makes it so much more immersive Absolutely. and this this is for me who's not sold on vr i still don't think it, i think it'll be gone in a few years but i think just for sur- i think for space games for simulated games. Yeah. It's, For example, your train one. Oh, absolutely. Not that there's a lot to look up behind because it's just a door, but <laughs> do you know what I mean? Yeah. But you get that sense of being in that confined space. Yeah, definitely. That's what it does give you, I think. But also just imagine if you could like, you know, look around, you know, in VR, um, walk well, around I mean, the train, like look yeah, out look the window and see stuff <laughs> whizzing by. Because what I did was I went, like, for example, when I was at park, when I was parked up, shall I say, at Paddington Station? Yeah, that looks incredible. They have done so much work with the how that looks. With all the, they got the whole platform of Paddington there. There's like eight or nine platforms. Yeah, and you can walk around all of them. So, and you've got the ornate top, you know, the the roof, the way the dome roof is. Yeah, all that ornate. So everything is there as if as if I was at work, probably because we go to Paddington Station quite a lot. So it's like going to work there. I nearly went to go and sign in at the job. <laughs> but you know, yeah, VR I can I can I can get that for yeah. sim. Yeah, definitely definitely uh one of the games that VR's made for, to be honest. What I want to do is try Star Citizen. 
in VR yeah. accepts it because that looks stunning as well. Mm. Um, oh, <coughs> just had an email from Amazon saying my Ready Player One has been dispatched. There you go, look at that. Nice one. Cool. So Anyway, so what else have you been playing anyway? Last game then, in that case, is Assassin's Creed Rogue Remastered. Yeah. So Rogue was one of those games that... Um, like Liberation, was one that was a bit under the radar in the Assassin's Creed universe because Assassin's Creed Rogue was the last Assassin's Creed game that was released on the last gen. That's and right, because so- on, th- <clears throat> on the 360, I remember going to um, EGX. So the last time it was at Elves Court, yeah. I was there with my, my one of my lads and... Um, we went to a developer's uh, chat mm-hmm. for the next Assassin's Creed that was coming out, which would be on the the next-gen console. Yeah. Can't remember which one it was now. Or no, maybe it wasn't. Um, no, yeah, it, it, was, it was. It was. So it would have been... Xbox One X. It would have been the... Uh, was, it the Par- was it the Paris one? The one at Paris and uh, the French Revolution. And just to the left of where we went into this little developer's area to chat about that was the rogue all set up to be playing because mm. that was just coming out and because of because it, it's linked in a way that you'd be able to tell us it's a black flag wasn't it it's set around that same area because obviously people that didn't have the next gen console probably wanted to play black flag yeah but it but did come out it didn't come out on the 360 did it yes it did did it yeah it came out on the 360 oh yeah sorry it did yeah so they but got rogue a rogue didn't no that's right so, how good does it look? It looks fantastic for a remaster. Mm. Um, so, I mean, if, if you remember the way that what happened was, um, Black, if I remember rightly, Black Flag was released on both systems. And then when they went to Unity, Unity couldn't be released on the older gen because it couldn't cope with it. I mean, this yeah. gen barely coped with it. Um, but what they did was they released Rogue, instead mm. on the 360 and PS3. And so a lot of people at that point had already skipped over to, you know, the next-gen console. So as a result, Rogue kind of fell by the wayside and people didn't really play it very much. But it is actually one of the best Assassin's Creed uh, stories. It's, um, you know, basically about a rogue assassin Right. And a lot of the characters are there from um, Assassin's Creed 3. You know, and there's like crossovers in in terms of the universe. And also a lot of the models are the same and things like that as well. So, you know, it's obvious it's not... it would could have probably have been a DLC because yeah. the other thing as well is there's only actually six chapters in the Animus story as well. Mm. So it's not, you know, the normally there's about 15 to 20 uh, chapters in a, an Assassin's Creed game. This one's only got six, but the chapters are much longer or it feels much longer when I'm playing. It, has it got, has it got the depth? Yes. For a, oh, yeah. um, for the, for the town and area that you've got on the map. Oh yeah, it's the the maps is it, is are massive. It, is, it, is it overwhelming as the rest of the games are? Is it what? Sorry, overwhelming with the amount of stuff that's on the map. Yes, uh, I mean when it, it basically it's it plays more like Black Flag. Mm. 
So, uh, you know, Black Flag was the one with the pirates. So you've got exactly the same sort of I mechanics. Com- I, com- I actually completed that one. Yeah, so did I. I mm, really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, it was it was a uh, Assassin's Creed coming back to form before Unity. Um, but that that one was um, Rogue plays exactly the same as as that game, mm. basically, uh, and it look, just looks great. Uh, you've got all of the sea battles as well. Travelling by, you know, and upgrading your ship is a key part of the game. Um, and certain bits are locked until you've completed certain missions, etc. There's three sort of world maps, um, which have you know a, a different environmental factors. So some of it you're breaking through ice that's over the sea, you okay. know, because you've got an icebreaker on your ship, and other areas are warmer, and you can't just go, you know, and swim from one island to another. Uh, in this game because you'll freeze to death in the you know bit of cold waters and stuff like that mm. so there's a there's a lot of difference there but um it's much more of the old school sort of assassin's creed which isn't a bad thing okay if you know what i mean it's that it's uh more of the, the gameplay is like black flag and assassin's creed 2 which were two of the best games of the old style Assassin's Creed. And when I say old style, I mean anything pre-Unity sort of way of playing because Unity and Syndicate were very similar and now uh, Origins is a bit of a departure again. So, you know, that's sort of like phase three of of it, but all of the other ones, were they were all pretty similar in terms of the way that they play. Sometimes the controls are a bit fiddly uh, in terms of you know, you're uh, climbing up stuff and things like that. And you think, oh, he'll definitely climb up that tree. And then, you know, he'll jump off the other side or um, jump off it in a, di- in a different direction than what you wanted to do. Mm. Because, you know, it, it is a complete remaster uh, that's quite, I think, faithful to the original. So therefore, it's got some of the flaws in there as well. I didn't sort those out, which was an unusual choice, but never mind. Yeah. Uh, because they did exactly the same thing with Assassin's Creed 2, which a lot of people were saying, oh, this game's broken. No, it was the fast climb cheat mode that was already in the game, mm. you know, from the original, and had done such a good job of remastering it that they kept it in. Bless <laughs> <laughs> am I. But yeah, so th- this one, uh, quite an engrossing story, well worth uh, picking up because it is cheap as well. It's 20 quid. Or 20, to, yeah. 20, 20 to 25 pounds at the moment. That's right. I think, I think Tesco's were doing it for 20. It was sold out when I saw it when I was in there for Nina Cooney. Argos were as well. Mm. I think the price definitely um, was about right. That's why it sold out. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a perfect price for it. And to be honest, it's only going to get cheaper, isn't it? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I do own every other Assassin's Creed, so... Yeah, me too. Saying that, I've still got to go back to the, the latest one because I've not really started that. Well, I mean, to be honest, I've got to go back to everything from Rogue because Rogue was the first Assassin's Creed I didn't complete. I completed Black Flag Mm. and everything before that, but Rogue didn't complete that. Unity, I completely lost interest in Unity. No, I did that. I completed that and the DLC. Yeah, Um, I didn't do that. And Syndicate, I struggled with as well. No, I haven't. I don't think I finished Syndicate, or did I? Do you know, I can't remember, but I, I, I've, I remember there's a DLC for the Jack the Ripper. I really want to play that. 
because I, I I've played a bit of that. It's good because I do have a bit of a fascination with that um, bit of history. I think you'll really enjoy that. Mm. It's a, a really um, interesting part of the you our our history. That it is definitely and, it's, and very much very controversial as well. Yeah, and when you sort of think, you know, we still don't definitively know who he was. But could be a royal. Yeah. Which was the big thing, wasn't it? It Because uh, it was the Michael Caine. Was that a documentary that he did or was it a film? I can't. Do you remember that? Can't Michael Caine did one about Jack the Ripper. Really good. Mm. If you can find that, check it out. It's, it's outstanding. I mean, I have to, I'll, I'll have a look, see where, where it was, but it's worth, well, I just love those. Any film on Jack the Ripper, I do like to watch. Yeah. You know. Well, you'll definitely enjoy mm. uh, Syndicate's Jack the Ripper story. Yeah. Because it turns it on its head a little bit. Does it go true to form with what we know about the st- in real life with the story? No, not really. I don't think so. I suppose, yeah. But so don't a lot of artistic so. license in there. I would <laughs> just, just try it. If you've got it installed, then just play it. Yeah, yeah. I have, yeah. I do have it installed, yeah. We'll get it booted up after we've done this then. <laughs> So that's uh, that's uh, me for gaming, but Assassin's Creed Rogue Remastered, uh, again, on for a recommendation. Cool. Okay, well, should we, should we go into movies and TV then? Should we, should we stroll into that? Yep, let's stick in a jingle. <laughs> okay, now, this is going to be a bit, bit weird, but because this podcast has been in two parts for us and we've done it over two weeks, we're going to jump back to gaming for a bit. I uh, do apologise about that, but just due to life and everything else, we can't cram everything in one hit. So, as Hayden's been playing Far Cry 5, we're going to have a chat about that, aren't we, pal? We are indeed. We are. So, I know nothing about this. I am really tempted to pick this up. Although, before we talk about that, I have picked up Life is Strange just the other day. Before the storm. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that a few achievements that have been popping for you for that. Yeah, and also Nightmare. Is it Night? What's the Nightmare game? The one with the little guy in the little little coat. You know, <laughs> that, that sounds definitely dodgy. To be honest, I know, a little flasher. <laughs> you know, with the yellow Mac on, and he's getting it's all like inside. Little nightmares. And, little yes, nightmares. You. Did you get the complete edition or the normal? The complete. Yeah, I've got that as well because I've, it's on Easter sale. Yes. Yeah, it, so, and it's a good collection as well, actually. It's, yeah, it's so, a good game, very enjoyable. So, including, they both, I mean, it is Easter, by the way, guys, if you're not wondering when we're doing this, but um, there's a lot, there's a lot, quite a big sale on with with uh, with Xbox at the moment. Yes. PlayStation are doing something as well. Yes, they're Easter sale, in a matter of fact. Yeah. So, <laughs> should we do, should we do your, should we, do, should we chat about Far Cry 5 and then maybe squeeze in Games for Gold and, and, play, and PlayStation Plus? Well, have you played Little Nightmares as well? I've only played 10, 15 minutes, and I'm on episode two of Life is Strange at the moment. Okay. Well, maybe we can fit those in as well. See how we go. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, we can save save that. I've been playing hell out of Nino Cooney as well. But then again, I've been watching a lot of, um, a lot of, been watching a few movies, and obviously, I've now seen Ready Player One. Which yes. I saw yesterday, so but I haven't. So I let's... know I'm going to talk about it, but I can't. We're going to no, save that for next we'll week. S- yeah, we'll save that for next week, but we'll be- make sure it's not spoiler cast. Oh god, yeah, yeah. Anyway, so Far Cry Five, right? So uh, Far Cry Five, obviously the latest one in the Far Cry series. Um, obviously, first person open world shooter. Um, it is much more 
open world than some of the previous Far Cry games where they are open world in a way, but they're quite uh, linear, whereas this one is not quite so much uh, Would you say it's the, the same? Because obviously Ghost, we haven't played together on Ghost Recon Wildlands, but that is completely open. You can go where you want. Yes, and so, you can on this one as well. <clears throat> and can we, should we just put it out there that this ain't a reskin? Yeah, it's not a reskin. <laughs> um, although, to, to be honest, I would say it is very just cause-ish in terms of the fact that you've got a parachute and jumpsuit. Yeah. Or what you have when you unlock the perks. So I'll come on to that anyway. So just in case you don't know, the story is after a joint operation between US Marshals and the County Sheriff's Department uh, to arrest this uh, religious guy who is take, has taken over this area of America, things go wrong and the uh, marshal, uh, a rookie marshal, uh, manages to escape the deputy. And basically there's... What you have to do is take down all of these different various bits of the religious sect and eventually get to the central guy who's, you know, the guy with the beard and he's like very kind of Jesus-y sort of figure. So there's lots of religious... I would say to be honest, not so much undertones, but more like overtones. To be quite honest with you, <laughs> uh, because yeah. uh, when you're driving along, you know you can hear the radio, which is you know in, in cars you can hear the radio talking about with a preacher going on and on and whatever, and religious music, and you know so, sometimes in some of the action, some of the music is like more you know more exciting sort of hymn music. Do you know what I mean? It's uh, it is sort of um, how do I put it? Is it's are they very much sort of religious? Yes, very churchified. Yeah, they're not Jehovah's Witnesses, are they? <laughs> no, I I, no, they're, no, they're, they're their own thing. But the, the other thing about this game as well is it can all be done in co-op, apart from the opening tutorial. Yeah, but there's one. There's one. Isn't there one? Um, I, I was listening to a podcast just before the Easter break, mm. and someone was saying that if you join each other on co-op you'll get the achievements but the main guy who you're joining the co-op with when you go back to your own game you won't have done that game if you're with me you still have to do it yourself yeah you see i'm a bit confused at this because it was advertised that you got progression when you did stuff in co-op and now this seems you know these reports seems to have gone you know saying the opposite but i haven't actually tried it in co-op yet but Anyway, so you have the main, you know, the, the main story, and basically the story points are triggered by you completing so many side quests and certain missions, which then move the story on. Yeah. Uh, so when you look at the map, it's a huge area. Is the map all you know, very hilly woodland sort of thing, and farms and stuff like that. You uh, can drive vehicles, you know, cars, quad bikes, trucks, you know, you name it, and all sorts of land vehicles. Mm-hmm. You can fly air- fly airplanes, and you buy them as well, uh, or helicopters. They're more like sort of spitfire-y kind of ones. I can't remember what the American equivalent of the Spitfire was. Yeah, but, I know. Yeah, very similar to... Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, you Pearl Harbor sort of <laughs> planes, you know, single propeller, you know, fighter kind of things. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you can also do jet skis and boats and 
those sort of vehicles as well. So there's a good variety of vehicles, and anybody who's played Far Cry knows that vehicles are an important sort of thing. Some quite nice things of if you've selected a destination to go to, um, if you're having to shoot while you're driving along, if you uh, click on the left I think it's a left stick. Click that down, L3. It automatically goes along the road. You still control the speed with the um, accelerator and brake on the triggers, but it'll hug the road to the route that you've actually mapped. Or alternatively, you've got somebody who goes about with you, and what you can actually do is get them to drive. Mm. Although, to be honest, they would never pass the driving test because of crashing into about everything that goes along the road. Well, it's funny because I think... Some people would say that the that, that Wildlands, that driving's a bit poor in the game. I mean, I get on with it okay, but you can't go like a maniac in the game. You have to take it easy around the corners. Yeah. I don't know if it's the same for this one, is it? Yeah, it, it's pretty much similar. It's pretty much mm. similar. But anyway, when you get on, you know, so, so getting around the map, it, it's, it'll take ages, you know, yeah. if you're driving. So flying is a much better uh, option. And, you know, there is a few landing strips there and... Loads of different choices of planes. You can... The, the, well, come on to the upgrade shortly. Mm. So the map is split up into uh, th- three different segments. You know, when you, after you've uh, first completed the tutorial. And you basically what you've got to do is go around the map and take down all of the, like, subordinates of the, you know, the head guy. I can't remember what his name is. John Seed or something like that. Mm. And once you've taken them down then you know eventually you'll be able to do that so i've only just got to the point of i've taken one down but what i've actually done and this wasn't intentional but i had started on the bottom left hand corner of the map and when you so when i was going against uh, the guy down there you, you meet other characters in the area and they give you sub quests and some of them will come and you know shoot with you so you can assign people to follow you and you can give them instructions like take that person out or go over there and you know wait there and whatever so you know you can control that by the d-pad and that works quite well because they've all got different abilities as well some are snipers some are just normal troops some fly air aeroplanes and whatever you know the specialist and just normal fighters but when i'd gone down to the bottom left hand corner of the map what i hadn't realized was this is also where there's a bit of an easter egg down there because there's a weapon in the in the game that is alien related not alien as in the movie aliens but you know ufo related and quite unknowingly i completed the quest Uh, and it was quite it was quite a good laugh uh, to be quite honest with you was the quest but uh, yeah yeah now this weapon it it sort of like it's unlimited in terms of its firepower and if you too if you shoot it when you're really close to a bad guy it just makes him splatter into a pool of blood <laughs> <laughs> and the only thing that they drop is the weapon so obviously using it you know if, if you do it from a bit of a distance then it knocks them over and knocks them out and whatever but if you do it close up it just yeah. evaporates them so it's quite an interesting weapon i can't remember what it was called but uh it was quite an enjoyable quest was that because when you start doing this quest for this guy you think 
you know, he's a complete loon. Mm. And then, he, he, you know, I'm not going to say any more than that, but just follow that quest. It's Larry's quest. Follow that to completion because it is uh, quite entertaining if you're into your sci-fi. Uh, yeah, and cool. a good reward at the end of it as well. So there's other things you can do in a game as well. You can go fishing. So okay. it's it's not exactly Sega Bass fishing, you know. So I, kept, I kept feeling like when I was pulling out a trout, well, I just got fish. Do you think this but, is like, it just feels like a Grand Theft Auto type of game with all this? <laughs> It is like Grand Theft Auto in a way, mm. apart from the fact that the vehicles actually control better. Mm. That's one thing I don't like about this game, actually, is when you're in the vehicles, you can only do cockpit view. That I don't like that, because I always like to do chase camera. Oh, so you've got the vehicle in front of you, you're, you're sort of floating behind it. Yeah, yeah. I just I just find it uh, much more difficult to drive the car from the cockpit view mm. on a video game just simply because you don't have the proper view, whereas I feel like you just have that slightly wider field of view when you're uh, doing chase camera. But yeah, it's it's a really good game. Really enjoying uh, the story. It's very atmospheric uh, in that sort of respect as well. The engine and the environment looks absolutely stunning. Um, it really does. I've not had any glitches. I've got the Xbox One X enhancements on, you know, on the game, and it looks really good. Uh, the one thing, if anything, I would say it's the typical Ubisoft thing of maybe putting too much in the game, if you see really? what I mean. Because, I yeah, because I've, prob- I've been hammering it for the last few days Mm. probably put in well i don't know probably about 10 or 12 hours yeah and i'm about a third of the way through the game and i've i've made a dent but not a massive you know i'm not totally obliterated all of the um side quests that are in just the first area and there are another couple of areas as well (laughs) just feel like assassin's creed then from that point of view. Yeah, it do, Yeah, um, I would say that that's probably quite a good analogy, to be quite honest, in terms of there is so much to do in this game and the side quests just keep coming and coming and coming. It's uh, amazing. You know, and every time you run into somebody else, they'll either have a quest for you or mm. the, there'll be a quest waiting. But uh, there's also... What I quite like is the locating the stashes quest because they're quite. Uh, oh, actually, I've played seventeen hours. Oh, okay. <laughs> I've played a few more I've hours just, than I've I thought. I've just gone on my phone and have a look on there myself, actually. But you you said it for me, so yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm about a third of the. So this is going to be a forty-five, fifty-hour game, I would say, which is you know, well, it's good, but um, it's. If you wanted to blast through the campaign, I I wouldn't uh, say that you'd be able to. Mm. One of the things as well is you've got lots of challenges to do. And to be honest, some of them aren't really that much of a challenge. Like, for example, shoot 10 people with a shotgun to some more convoluted ones, including fishing ones. So, you know, like uh, fish, two types of this particular type of fish. Do you know what I mean? It's you'll kill two, you know, or skin two two bears that sort of stuff there's there's loads you know there's there's a massive long list and each one of those challenges then gives you perks or perk points and then you can go onto the upgrade area and you can choose the perks that you want to do Right. So I would say that there are a few that are essential to do early on so for example the ability to do an airdrop uh, and have a parachute as well. Yeah. Preferable to have a parachute when you have an airdrop. And also the wingsuit, because what's quite useful f- with that is 
because the map's so big, trying to get from A to B when you're, you know, trying to get across the place quickly, it'd take too long. You'd get really bored, whereas you can do fast travel. But the fast travel points are still a bit spaced out. But what you can do is do an airdrop and then use the wingsuit to mm. glide across, you know, the countryside quick, much yeah. quicker than you'd be able to drive and then, you know, get to where you want. Plus the fact you can also do a quick, you know, surveillance of the surrounding area and you can see people walking around and things like that. So that's quite a useful uh, sort of thing to do. Mm. Oh, good. There's also a grappling hook, which is, uh, I would say, really you know one of the ones that you want to do and then there's other ones like is that sort of batman-esque type of grappling hook is it no it's just a normal rope and a hook to be honest but you know it is for you to obviously scale up things and to do larry's quest you definitely need the grappling hook Mm. for part of it but yeah it's it's a really good game the ai is quite devious at times Sometimes it'll run straight past you, and other times, you know, it's uh, it's quite cunning. It's actually quite funny seeing some of the stuff happen around, you know, around the place because some some of the AI is really incredibly bad drivers, and you see accidents and all sorts. Mm. So yeah, I've I've been really enjoying it so far. Well, to Did, spend seventeen. Is there hours. a is there an actual um, difficulty setting for the game, or is it just come out as normal? It just comes out as a one setting only, or can you up 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 it? No, I think that I can't remember to be quite honest. I think that there might have been difficulty settings. Yeah. The other thing as well is when you first start the game, you also go through a character creation mode. So. Uh, the character that you create will be unique to you. You can unlock different outfits or, you know, tops and trousers, you know, helmets, whatever. Mm. Choose what sex you want to be. All, all of the normal stuff for characterization. But that character that you create not only stays with you in the game, but it also transfers over to what's known as the arcade mode. Right. Now, the arcade mode is a bit like a cut down version of Rainbow Six Siege from what I've played uh, so on you know on this mode what you can actually do is uh, that you know you can create your own maps or go on to you know, like playlist maps and whatever mm-hmm. and it's uh, find the targets and eliminate them and stuff like that so yeah, okay. you know that that's uh, another little extra uh, that's in the game so um, I've played a little bit of the arcade mode but not too much to be honest because I've been concentrating more on the story as you do <laughs> as you do as you do but looking at it i think that um, some of the season pass stuff that's coming looks quite interesting particularly interested into the zombie thing i mean i'm into zombies at the moment <laughs> <laughs> i wonder why <laughs> Yeah, so I've really enjoyed this. It's in matter of fact, I would say that I've enjoyed this Far Cry more than others because what I've tended to do with other Far Cries is just give up. Yeah, I think that happens quite I mean, quickly. I, so if we go through the last four, I mean, I can't remember actually actually finishing a Far Cry. No. So saying that, I need to finish Wildlands because it would be a crime not to, to be honest. Well, we need to play that together. Because mm, it's as much as I'll try and get Far Cry 5 now, but it just it's something else that's going to be put on the pile of shame at some point. Yeah. And I know we want to play the games when they come out, and you know sometimes it's good to be, be a little bit behind and pick stuff up a bit cheaper. Yeah, but doing what we do, it's difficult to it is, not it amass is. a pile of shame, isn't it, really? Because we have to move on, whether or not we want to or not. You know, games that we would otherwise have probably continued to play, but we, we end up shelving because we need to get more content. 
Yeah, and that is difficult unless unless we've got an unlimited wallet of um, you know, to to buy these games. It's, it's mm. just gets a bit difficult. But I'm sure the guys understand that anyway. That sometimes we will talk about games that you know, not that I'm going to talk about Life is Strange in a minute. But you know, once I've finished it, it'd be nice to just go over it a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially with the extra the extra episode. Yes, which came out, which is I presume is is with Max again. So I don't know what it's about yet. I've, I've kept away from spoilers, as, as, as you say, you know, mm. to see what that's all about. So yeah, well, a game like that, I think you have to really. It, yeah, I mean, the whole it's been out. It's, story. it's been out for a while, so there's no point even review, even talking about it now until I've actually finished it. Yeah, and there's only I think is it three episodes long. It's pretty small, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's quite short. It's not as long as the other one. And then you got is it, there's four, including the extra one. Mm. So brought out. So uh, yeah. Anything else you want to say about Far Cry? No, it's well worth having a look, and to be honest, I think you'll enjoy it. I know, and I did look at some. I did look at some of uh, the the comparison videos. Not that I normally look at that sort of thing. Yeah, but it was interesting to see how the Xbox really does shine for this. Mm. So, um, so yeah, and uh, and looking at it looked it looked like um, what you would see, you know, with Wildlands and that. So it's even though it's not supposed to be the same environment in the area, the the countryside's similar, Mm. but um, in terms of it as a game, it's not the same sort of game at all. Yeah, other than you use guns, (laughs) this you know, it's I mean for start off, Wildlands is third person. Yeah, that's true. You know, it, this is a first-person shooter. Mm. But, yeah, great great side. You know, I, to be honest, I actually like the side quests about as much as I like the main story. Yeah. It's just, do you feel this is going to have controversy in it? I can't remember if there was going to be any or not regarding well, the content. I think anything to do with guns in America is probably controversial at the moment, isn't it, with everything that's going on over there? Yeah, to be honest, yeah, that's true. So, um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, as you get further into the game, there's going to be something there probably that will... Um, yeah, yeah. You know. I'm sure that there will be. Mm. But So, tell us what you think about Little Nightmares then. Um, as I, I say, I haven't very got very far in there. I'm literally only just put it on for about 15 minutes. So, it's one of those games where it doesn't tell you what to do, does it? Well, it's pretty straightforward though, isn't it? But it's like, go it's, from left to right. <laughs> no, no, but what I mean is um, it's, it's very similar to Inside... Yes, games like that where it's intuitive to you, so much as once you know that you've got a right trigger to to pull something and jump. You're only using two buttons at the minute, and I've only got as far as this black goo. Okay, if that's a spoiler, I'm sorry, but I don't think it really is no. going to be. <laughs> but uh, it looks lovely, and I think am I wrong in saying that the achievements are a little tough in this game? Um, they are quite high reward achievements, but yeah, they are. Some of them are a bit tough. I mean. I don't know whether or not you've been lighting all of the candles and things Well, I've only like had that. two so far, so as I said, that's right. really only what you haven't got very far in the game. And hugging the little things as well, in the paper hats or whatever they are. You know, no, I've not even seen that help. bit yet, so... Yeah, there's loads of those ones. And there's, there's, there's some quite gruesome bits in it as well, actually. It's, I, I really enjoyed completing this game. Because I yeah, completed it's, it's, it on play on PlayStation, but I've got it on Xbox now. Mm. How's your achievements going, by the way? We'll quickly mention that. Have you got them back? Yes. Well, ish. There's about a thousand missing. But for those of you who uh, are not on the Facebook group, would like to know what Steve's <laughs> on about. You were a bit angry, weren't you? I, I was very upset yesterday. And I, thought, I only tried to have a little joke with you, but it's like you were. No, this is serious. I I had a sense of humour bypass because this has been one of my pet peeves about Xbox for a long 
time, this whole generation, a matter of fact, because on the 360, achievements used to work fine on the 360. Yeah. On the whole. There was one or two games that glitched, but, you know, you're always going to get that. Mm. Achievements on the Xbox One have uh, a rubbish, to be honest, because they are just not working properly. If You know, when you're trying to get a specific achievement, you need to know when you've achieved it for it to tell you. Whereas on the 360, it used to tell you straight away. On the Xbox One, it kind of feels like if it's in the right mood, it'll tell you. Well, let me just put this to you, right? Yeah. When I, in, obviously... Just come back to Life is Strange for a minute in this. So, obviously, in the original Life is Strange, you were taking camera shots for getting yeah. achievements, weren't you? Yeah. Where this time with um, Chloe, it's you're doing walls. you're doing graffiti, aren't you? Yeah. So, every time I've been doing the graffiti, they pop up instantly. Mm. As much as I don't, I found this really weird, and I won't talk about my phone today um, or save it for, late, for next week, but my phone sung its tune for a message. As soon as that popped up, it popped up on the app as well. Mm. Something new, and so I know, I know I've got it, and my phone's telling me at the same time, so it seems to be pretty quick on what it's doing. Yeah. But well, obviously with the, the, new, the new achievement system that's going to be kicking in at some point that they're bringing well, out, to be honest, all I want to do for is just fix achievements because yeah. what happened to me this this week was fifteen thousand gamer score just evaporated out of my achievement list. I think that's just one of those weird Xbox things that may have happened. But the point is, though, it shouldn't be happening. This, these oh, are yeah, achievements. No, I, I totally agree with you. Yeah. These are achievements that have been synced with the server. They've already been done. So it's, unless they have issues with the server and they've, they've had some real problems, and that you know well, might have they must have done because these, did you get these, re, did you get a reply back from Xbox on Twitter? No, no I didn't. Don't, don't be silly. Xbox re- reply. Well, they always do to me. I mind you, they're you know them and Bungie. They always help. Yeah. <laughs> But basically, you know, yeah, I am in the preview program, but the achievements that were actually vanished out of my account were from before the preview program that had already been synced and were synced online. So I could go with my Xbox off and look at my PC and see these achievements being there. And then I log on to my Xbox, switch it on, and then 15,000 gamer scores gone. Fine. Okay. Something's gone wrong here. So I start looking through. Go back through my list. Games that have 100%ed, mm. saying 0%, go inside, all of the achievements are on, uh, unlocked. So the sh- it should be saying 1,000 and it's saying 0. So yeah. this is for like loads and loads of different games. But And then all, you know, it was not there. And then this morning I logged on, had a look. It said 188. I thought, oh, great, still not working. And then I got an email, a message from Nikki saying, how's your achievements? And then he says, oh, I see that they're back. He could see that they were right. I couldn't. <laughs> and then I looked again 10 so minutes they, later. So are they exactly there. right now then or, or not? No, I still think there's about 1,000 missing. So what should you be? 203,000 and something. About 203,400 and something. Wait, look on the app. You see what it says. Just bringing your bringing your name up now. It's having a bit of a slow moment. Well, it's saying I'm on two hundred and two thousand seven hundred and twelve to me. Mm. So I've got two hundred two thousand seven hundred twelve. Yeah, and I reckon I should be about a thousand more than that. So it's still wrong somewhere. But to be honest, I've played that many games. I'm, I can't sit there and track it all down. They will reappear. I've had, you know it's it's not you, the first you, time. I tell you what, are you a member of True Achievements? Yeah. 
Have you looked on there? No, I haven't, to be quite honest with you. Because I think with that site, once they're in there, they're in. I don't think they will move anywhere. Yeah, I don't think that they do either. But then again, that's actually saying... 202,712 but I was sure it was on 203 well, maybe you, maybe this is right maybe you're just thinking that you played maybe the I was, you maybe haven't. I dreamed it yeah maybe I got out of the shower and it, I, I was Bobby Ewing yeah, exactly okay should we um, have a quick talk about um, games for gold yes and PlayStation Plus yeah, as well oh, because I, we've so got I've those got ones both, as well I've got them both ready so we'll check quickly Xbox One and 360 so from the first of from today shall I say we got The Witness and I've started downloading that because I've, I've never bought it. Because no, I have. I've, I've downloaded it, but I haven't decided it yet. Yeah, I haven't either. But because I've been far too busy with Far Cry. Hmm. But I've I really I've been wanting to play this. But it's been one of those games of I knew it would be coming out on either Plus or Gold, and I wasn't going to buy it. Yeah, I, I don't know why. I just knew this was going to be one of those games that appeared in the list. Yeah. So the so that's from the first to thirtieth, from April the sixteenth to May the fifteenth. We've got Assassin's Creed Syndicate. And that's good. That's a great game. Yeah. And 360 backwards compatibility. We've got Cars 2, the video game, from April the 1st to the 15th. And Dead Space 2 from April 16th to the 30th. So that's, that's not good. a bad month. No, I think that there's well, some really good games there. I've got two of those already. I won't be downloading Cars 2, but um, I've got Assassin's Creed and Dead Space already, I think. I have oh, played Assassin's Creed Cars for Devin, but I'm not sure about Dead Space 2. I'm, I'm 100% on that. No, Dead Space 2, I well, I've got on disc. Yeah. Matter of fact, I think I might actually have it electronic anyway. But for me, the only one I haven't got, I think, is the one I haven't got and not played is The Witness. But I'm quite happy with that. Was that an Xbox? Sorry, was that a PlayStation exclusive at one point? No, but that's one of the things that there's been recently, hasn't it? All of these PlayStation exclusives that are suddenly coming onto the uh, Xbox. Isn't that really weird? I find it quite amusing, to be honest, because everyone was giving the Xbox a bit of a hard time over that. Yeah. And now the tables have turned. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, because I made a comment on a Facebook group Mm. and said, oh, isn't it, you know, a bit strange all of these PlayStation exclusives or console exclusives that are now suddenly appearing on the Xbox. Yeah. Not intending as starting a a fan Fan or just just making a a point and somebody put uh, put down, oh, well, uh, it, you know, No Man's Sky was never an exclusive. It was a console exclusive. Mm. And as was Hellblade. Yes. So sacrifice. I and know. That is a fantastic game. That is absolutely fantastic. And evidently it's been made even better for the Xbox Enhanced. That would be good, yeah. Yeah. Um, brilliant game. But play it with your headphones on. Got to do that. Mm. But That's we did right. mention about this in the news anyway, didn't we? We did, yeah, we're going over all ground here. Um, okay, if we could go swiftly onto PlayStation. So they've got Mad Max, okay. Tra- Trackmania Turbo, and those of the PS4. PS3, we've got In Space, We Brawl, don't don't know what that is, and Toy Home. Uh, there's also Cuba Rebooted as well. That's all I'm seeing on where I'm picking up from. Is there any, um, is that it or not? Is there any more? Let's have a look. I'm looking at GameSpot. Uh, and they've put put Cuba rebooted, and on Vita there's also 99 Vidas and Cuba rebooted as well. Yeah, because so I can't. Cuba rebooted on all all four, mm, on okay. all three. Yeah. So that's not bad. I mean, Tracking Mania Turbo, I did play the beta that. weren't really happy. wasn't my cup of tea. I, I don't think it was too bad, to be quite honest. No, I love my racing games, but do you know what? It just, I don't know. 
but that, that's not really it. a racing game though is it because you you're more doing single tracks trying to get through it so yeah yeah i suppose so but i just it didn't really fit but Mad Max I did play that on the Xbox for a bit yeah and I still have um, I still have the, the pass for Xbox mm-hmm. so I could play it on there but I will download it for sure on, on PlayStation anyway yeah but yeah um, it's not bad overall I mean it's, it's, it's something for everybody there again yeah and being April Fool's they, Xbox didn't decide to throw an April Fool's joke in there anywhere <laughs> <laughs> No. no. So okay. So Should we just quickly mention the charts then, if you want to. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I'll mention the charts and new releases. Only two new releases for the week commencing first of April, and that mm. is the American Dream on PSVR and Time Carnage on the HTC Vive, Oculus Rift, and PSVR. Chart wise, we have at number five FIFA, number four Assassin's Creed Rogue Remastered. Good game. Number three, Nino Kuni 2. Fantastic game. Yes. Number two, A Way Out, which I want to play. Are you going to get this? Because if you are, but well, this is one we can I play I can't together. afford to at the moment. I'd love to, but I can't afford to. And I don't think you can afford to either, can you, in a minute? No, I'll wait. I'll wait until... It, tell me when you're going to get it and I'll get it. Yeah. And at number one, this this has been... A, this is a while since we've seen one of these. Mm-hmm. An Xbox exclusive... Sea of Thieves. So there we go. How bizarre. <laughs> I don't want to go into the Sea of Thieves now, but... Well, you've yeah. been playing that, haven't you, on your Xbox Pass? I have, yeah. So you and can been... tell us all about it next week. Well, have a little, yeah, because I'm I'm hearing there's, there's, there's reviews that are up and down all over the show with this game. Yeah. And I haven't... I need to get... If anyone's has got it and want to have a go, get four of us on, on, on a ship, I'd, I'd gladly jump in. Yeah. So I've only been playing it on my Todd. So that from that point of view, I'll, I'll talk about it. But it would be nice to 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 go, you know, yeah, with the four. But uh, yeah, no, it's a bit of a bit of an up and down story with that game. Unfortunately, whether or not it's going to build to become a better game later on, we'll we'll see. Yeah. Okay. So should we now reverse back in time to where we were going to record tonight and what we were going to talk about? <laughs> yeah. In quest of a better life. Okay, so no real news as such this week. Uh, Release-wise, 28th of March, we all know what comes out then. Ready Player One. Yeah. 30th of March, we've got Isle of Dogs, which I think I saw the I saw the plat the placard for that in London last week. Um, I think that's sort of like a cartoon Pixar type about a load of dogs, mm. the Wolf Wolf type. <laughs> uh, blockers, we've got Midnight Sun. We've got Paul, Apostle of Christ. Oh, Easter's on its way, obviously. The Bachelors. And then on the 1st of April, we've got Woody Woodpecker. I do sigh about that. <laughs> oh, God, so do I. I mean, I remember watching Woody Woodpecker when I was a kid. But that was fine. The old cartoons of Woody Woodpecker were class, but I can't see this being in that sort of style, to no. be honest. It's going to be it's gonna be like a reboot, and I don't even want to go there, with it, to be honest. Mm. So, yeah, really looking forward to the 28th of March, actually. Yeah, you and me both. <laughs> so we might get to do a special maybe in a week's time. It's funny, but I always seem to come on to stuff late now because, yep. you know, you did Ready Player One ages ago and we're raving about it and I was like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And it's like, you know, Game of Thrones, I was sort, you know, sort of like 
yeah, whatever. And now Walking Dead, and was like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> suddenly turn myself around. There was there was one bit of news. I haven't seen the outtake or the scene yet, but there is a someone from Star Trek have released a cut scene that was not used in the last episode of Discovery. Okay. I don't you you don't you haven't heard about this yet? Then, no, I, I haven't. So if you go onto Twitter, I'm sure you'll find it. There is a scene that was edited out, not used. Right. On that final episode, might put it apparently puts a little bit of a spin on it, but uh, yeah, interesting. Check, check that one out. I just can't, I remember it was funny because I remembered seeing it a bit earlier, but I just glossed over it, thinking, yeah, whatever. And then I got, oh, I sort of did a second take. I'm like, oh yeah. Mm. I think I might have retweeted it anyway, so you probably might see it. I'll have so. a look. I'll definitely have a look. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, DVD Blu-ray releases now. There's millions of them. <laughs> yes, and also you've got it in a colour that I can, can't really read very well. All right, well, I've only picked out three, although two of which I think are the only ones to really not make note of. Now, I'm just I'm just trying to read the uh, the font colour. It should so be there, black. <laughs> I, did, I did see the Great British Railway Journey, Series 9. Oh, you sad man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, not that I know much is out this week. I think actually, not even looking at that, wasn't the DC film out this week? Well, the three I've highlighted mm. out this week are there's Doctor Who, the complete third series on a Blu-ray steelbook. Oh, I can see that one. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's also Doctor Who, the Enemy of the World DVD special edition. Yeah. Uh, and the other one that I've got highlighted is Lego DC Superheroes The Flash. No, not really. <laughs> but that is out if you're into your Lego movies. But the actual one is yeah. Justice League, which is out on Blu-ray, 3D Blu-ray, 4K Blu-ray. And for those of you who have still got DVDs, DVDs as well. I, d- I don't know. Have you bought this yet? Or are you going to? Justice League. Mm. I'm struggling, to be honest, because I didn't really like the movie that much. Yeah, it's difficult. It's, it is really, you know, I, I know if I can, if I wait a month, I'll be able to see it on Sky anyway. Yeah. And then I can make my my um, judgment on that. Justice judgment, yeah, here we go, on on the film. Mm. Because I do love the, that, that universe, as you know, and uh, it's difficult. It's difficult to have certain characters that shouldn't be there, but it should be someone else playing that role. Yeah. Not that it would probably work, though. I don't know if it would have worked, but just for my love of, of The Flash and, you know, it's it's a real shame. Yeah, yeah, because I think the guy who plays Barry Allen would have been better as The Flash, but maybe that's just us holding on to what we actually hold dear rather than just accepting <coughs> something new. I, I personally, I think that they're making a... They've made a big mistake separating the TV series from the films. Whereas when you actually look at the Marvel Universe, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is part of the the universe. And oh my God, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D.'s good at the moment. I've started watching that. I forgot to mention that. Yeah, I did see it. I did notice it. I need to go back a couple of seasons, though. Yeah, oh, you've got to catch up. You really have. I, the I, last season go- was excellent. Yeah. And this season is shaping up just to be as good as well because they've actually gone into space in this one. Yeah, so I've got to go back to the start where Star got her powers where she could make people turn into rock, if you're with me. 
Do you remember where I'm going? Oh, God, that's two, two, three seasons ago. Yeah, that was about, I think that was end of that season, wasn't it? Yeah, because because, uh, after that, you get to Sky or Daisy, uh, uh, her mum and dad. And you know who's her dad? What actor? I haven't a clue because I say I wouldn't have seen it. If I said Paul Moadib. Nope, you're going to have to tell me. June, Cal McLaughlin from Twin Peaks. Oh, oh okay. Oh, he, right. he plays a dad. <laughs> I mean, we did get on. Me and the missus did love watching that. Um, I'll st- start watching it, mate. Seriously. Seriously. It is, it's picked up. After, you know, after the dodgy first season, mm. it's just got better and better. Because I think what the thing with that show is that because it was linked to the universe itself with the movies yeah that's why it held much of an attraction I think at the time yeah and with Colston dying coming back to life and all of that that was involved with what was going on mm. it all seemed great to be a part of that so yeah I'd like to I'm seeing as a Supergirl starts this week doesn't it yes it does finally <laughs> so I mean I was I did watch an episode of The Flash this afternoon oh the latest one no, the one before. Ah, right. Okay. So you're not. Have you see- you're not quite up on that then. So the one. Have you seen both? Are you up to date? Are you? Yeah. So the one I was watched where there was this guy that was sh- that sh- that shrunk was shrinking stuff. Yeah. That was hilarious, and it was brilliant. And the 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 the, the caveat on that was at the very end as well. Yeah. With the spy camera looking at Barry's cell, and he saw him take um take that that dude. To, out of the prison, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. That um, that helped his dad. So, but it's a great show, and I'm I'm, I'm think I'm too behind in DC now as well. So, I've got a bit of catching up to do. Yeah, I'm definitely a couple behind on the Legends of Tomorrow because I've been binge watching The Walking Dead, which I'll talk about in a minute. Just as a point of interest, thinking mm. about the DC universe, you know that there's all this speculation about Ben Affleck hanging up his bat cape. Yeah, it's not never really been confirmed as much yet, has it? It's still a bit of a rumour. No, but have you heard the rumour about who is possibly in the offing for taking up the mantle? Didn't I? Didn't I post this on the on the Facebook group? I don't know. Did you? I haven't. I, to be honest, I haven't been on the Facebook group that much recently because I've been. Busy. No, it was a it was a little while ago that. Um, I can't remember the guy. This was just guy a couple was. of days ago. I heard about this. Oh, okay. So who who's been put in the running, as they say? Well, some people will dread the thoughts of this. No, I know it's Carl Urban. That's right. Yeah, isn't it? <laughs> yeah that's what I posted about ah, right, a week okay. ago. Right. I I only I only saw something uh, a different way because you know how you know posts get buried very quickly. Oh, the easy. Page. Yeah, they do. Um, so I never actually saw that, but oh god, I hope Carl Urban gets Batman. I'm a big Carl Urban fan after his, his in, you know, his thing of McCoy and how he played Dread. You know, I, you know, I'm on board with him being Batman. And he's done, and he's done a, he was in Doom as well. Remember, don't forget. Yeah, he was, but we can forgive him for that. Oh no, that was still a good. <laughs> I still like that film. Don't worry. <laughs> But no, fantastic. Um, if if he takes over, I think he'll be better than the the you know Ben Affleck's Batman. Mm. I just I, I kind of get the feeling after watching Justice League at the cinema that everything about you, know, even the character, is kind of like ready to hang it up. Do you know what I mean? 
<laughs> you see, after after my second run through on the um, Batman vs Superman, yeah, I'm okay with that one. Yeah, is it, it, maybe but, maybe because I like the Wonder Woman link and that works well as well because they got they're bringing that link in there and it seems to um, with the expectation of it. Yeah, at the time, it, it, I think it worked really well. But I really want to take hold of the Justice League. I want to love it. I really do. But I'm trying not to have that anticipation of it's going to be excellent because I know the reviews were pretty poor. Yeah. Well. Overall, to be honest. And even the talk of doing a director's cut was going to be some hope, but that's even died a death. Yeah. Well, the director's <clears throat> cut was going to be even longer, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. But there was there was more, more story there that from the original director compared because obviously they, they you know they, they directors changed and everything all sorts they had lots of mess with that movie yeah but it's just talking about movies TV of stream of the week we haven't done the charts yet we haven't so, so if I quickly go through that so at five we've got Red Sparrow four we have The Greatest Showman on Earth three is Black Panther two is Tomb Raider and I've seen that which I'll talk about in a minute and number one is Peter Rabbit which I'm not hearing great reviews about it. No. But to be honest, it's not exactly one that I'm, you know, like battering down the doors to see. And it's funny because I'm hearing sort of James Corden's not really up to scratch with it, to be honest. Do do you know what? I've I've got to admit something about James Corden. Mm. When he was on Gavin and Stacey, do you remember that? Excellent. Yeah, I, I watched... Excellent. And his whole character you know it it was just so fitting now the thing with james Corden, i don't know whether this is my problem or or a problem with him hmm. but he he hasn't changed that character he still portrays basically that sort of person well do but, you remember that but the problem is book? sorry yeah, can I just just finish this the, hmm. the problem i think is is that he needed to have adapted that as he's gone on, because James Corden's gone from being this obscure, you know, British comedian who behaved that way, but now he's this international star and it just doesn't work because it comes across as being an arrogant idiot Mm. rather than being someone who's funny. Do you know what I mean? And he is a funny guy, but I just, I can't, and oh God, those uh, adverts about the insurance or whatever it is that he's on, I will never buy them because he's on it. (laughs) Do you know? I just can't, I can't stand him. Every time I hear his voice, I cringe now because he just, he comes across the same way all the time and it just comes across as arrogant now and I don't like it. Yeah. It's well, funny, isn't it? <laughs> I know, but do you know what? I mean, as much as I adore that show and I the characters, everything about that just works so well. What, Gavin and Stacey? Yeah. Yeah, it's a brilliant show. Brilliant. And even if they could bring back a, a special... Yeah. I think it would still work. I do. Because they've all... they they I think they can actually slip into those characters pretty well. Yeah. And after that, they there was a movie that came out where yeah vampire, do you va- remember? yeah uh, vampire virgins wasn't it something like that yeah and obviously you had the main the lead lead Gavin yeah Gavin and Smithy yeah they had them playing those characters in that vampire movie but that was okay I I oh, was the, okay I didn't think they were actually playing Gavin and Smithy I thought no they, they weren't but. They were they friends. They were, they were similar sort of characters. Yeah, but they could still give you that sort of... They could still be those characters without being those characters. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And it was quite amusing and it was quite funny. 
Yeah, and then they did the TV series where there was a two of them as well, yeah. you know, the sketch show. Hmm. And then James Corden seems to have ditched the other one and has gone on. <clears throat> but obviously he's gone on to his, his American stuff that he does now with the chat shows. Now, that's something that you don't you don't pass up on. No, and he, don't get me wrong. You know, in terms of for him, you know, good on him in terms of what he's managed to achieve. But I just I can't stand him now. He makes me cringe. Yeah, but I can still watch him as Smithy. <laughs> yeah, weird. No, you, it is. But the, I mean, I was listening to some reviews of Peter Rabbit, and there was apparently um, they had a part of that movie offended some people that had epipens. Right. Did you hear about this? No. So in in is a it's a part of the film where one of the rabbits has to have a uh, use an epipen for adrenaline, and they apologised afterwards. The film was made that so they made a mistake for having this scene in the movie. Hmm. But it was never cut out. <laughs> so uh, yeah. And you know, because this is a film basically for children. Yeah. But it but again, it's it's got that adult overtone. That, that we all know from other movies of past, and yeah, it was a bit of a, a bit of naughty, really. Yeah, but then you again, know, they, I, I suppose we we're in an age now where um, you know everybody's a social warrior, aren't they? And yeah, because someone complained, someone complained about the movie and, and said about well, my son's got this um, this problem, you know, and has to have his have his pen, you know, and it's difficult. Yeah, so. Even though we we were got, oh, we got to chat about our movies, do you want to talk about Tomb Raider? So we were doing the the top. In, I was surprised it wasn't number one. To be honest, I was to be quite honest. So, uh, in terms of uh, Tomb Raider, then, so this is basically an origin story for Lara Croft. Again, again. Well, to be honest, the, the other films weren't origin stories, were they? With Angelina no, but- Jolie, but obviously the game was an origin story. And we've had two stories so far, with the third now released for September. Yes. Which has now come out, I think it's September the 14th, Memory Serves. But in exactly the same ways that the Resident Evil games only shared the name and, you know, some of the character names (coughs) and the general (coughs) premise, this is pretty much the same. Um, So, basically, um, Laura uh, Croft is a very fiercely independent daughter of a missing adventurer, Lord Croft, um, who uh, is played by Dominic West. If you remember who he is, quite a good actor. Um, Yeah, I think I've, I've actually seen a couple of clips from the film and I saw there's a clip with him. Yeah, I've not seen him in Picture. much because he, he tends to do stuff that I don't really watch much. But when he, I do see him, I quite like him in stuff. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, um, basically, it's the story about her pushing herself beyond the limits to, you know, rescue or to go looking for her father who disappeared a few years previously. Oh, about seven years, I think, actually. And it starts off with Lara basically as an untrained girl who is a delivery girl on a, in on London. A, on, a, on a cyclist. She's yeah. a cyclist running around town, isn't she? Yeah, she is. <coughs> um, and, you know, there's a bit of story there. I think she's some sort of student kind of thing. Mm. She's refusing to uh, sign papers to say that her father's dead because she doesn't believe that he is. So she's, you know, she's effectively poor uh, kind of thing because, um, you know, everything's in her father's name and she would inherit everything. And basically it's about 
how things happen when she agrees to sign the papers that then sets her off on a path that leads her to an island and, you know, looking for stuff. With with the, now, obviously you've seen now with the story and how that story progressed in the film. Yeah, and they obviously took out from the first Origin game from 2013, I think. Yeah, they took out certain scenes. Well, it was a, it was a second Origin game, wasn't it? Because oh, was it a second? Or the well, first? Might, might be um, was it? well, it was the first in the new Lara Croft. But if you remember, one of the previous Lara Crofts had a young Lara. Um, oh yeah, but I'm, I'm, so I'm talking about yes. What I mean is with the um, the modern, the, the two modern games we've had over the last four years. Yes, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. So with that, with the way that that film went, with the stunt scenes, everything else, is they sliced in this into that movie, didn't they? Did Did you feel it was overdone, or did it work well? Um, How- in terms of the. I mean, there were very obvious nods to the games. I mean, the in plane in the, tra- in the trailer, we can say this because I've saw i seen the trailer. You've got the plane scene, haven't you? Yes. For yeah, example. You've got the, the uh, plane over the waterfall. Yeah. Um, and there are aspects, you know, the, there's, it, it's not an ex- a total, you know, frame for frame re- uh, repeat of that, but it's very close. Um, and, it's you know, a fantastic uh, thing to see on the screen as well, to be honest. Um, and you know, also, if you remember on uh, the first Tomb Raider game, there was a lot of you know falling into water and you know, well, even the jumping out of the boat, wasn't it? In yeah, the, in the very first five minutes of the game, with yeah, the scene. that that was in the first twenty minutes of the film. Exactly. Uh, so, so from a so from a gaming gamer point of view, you enjoyed it, yeah. Oh yeah, totally. And a matter of fact, I would say that as a as a video game to movie mm. translation, it's one done the, really quite well. And do you think it's one of the best that we've had for a while compared to what we have had over the years? Oh yeah, yeah. It, it's <clears throat> definitely one of the best uh, video game to movie conversions. Mm. Um, you know, uh, having said that, though, it's not the Royal Shakespeare Company production. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's, no, no, of course but, not. But um, in terms of uh, the acting in there, you know, I mean, I wasn't uh, convinced of uh, Alicia uh, Vikander, who plays Lara Croft. Hmm. I wasn't convinced that she was right for the role because she just didn't, I didn't feel she looked quite right. Do you think it would have been better if they put Camilla Luddington in the role that actually did the mocap for the two origin stories yeah maybe so maybe so but uh seeing as that you know those are a few years or maybe she was a bit older than what they actually wanted the character to be i don't know yeah because i mean she does a lot of tv work still in america with one of the one of the big shows out there at the moment so she's got a her handful yeah uh but actually um the girl that obviously played her in this movie she actually played the first couple of games had a good session playing the games to get an idea mm. so I'm not sure if she was a true gamer or not but she did uh, do a bit of research with it well I mean you know there's, there's plenty there to research isn't there but- yeah because some because some, the thing is some some um, some uh, reviewers for movies aren't video game players yeah so it's very hard for them to judge something from that point of view yeah they're not qualified believe it or not to give you a full review 
from that point of view. They can give it to you as, as, a, as a person, in, you know, who doesn't doesn't know video games, but where someone does, it, they give you more of a more perspective on 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 the on the movie itself. Yeah, they give you the layman's perspective as opposed mm. to the informed individuals. It, it's a bit yeah. like I don't um, I don't know, but you know, there's there's lots of other sort of movies that you can have, aren't there? Where you know, the, the, if you're not informed in that area, but look at this. Look at look at what we got to watch next week, for example. If you haven't read the book. You're I think it'll be... blow your mind if you haven't read the book. You would not know what the hell is going on. But you won't, you won't know, you won't have that story of what the quests were about compared to what the movie's about. So again, it's like, or even if you read the book Jaws, mm. if you read the book first, then saw the movie, and then thought, well, actually, the book was better. But then you you see the film, then read the book. <laughs> yeah. You get these different perspectives, the same way with playing a video game or, or not playing a video game or not being a gamer to see a movie like that as well. Well, exactly. I mean, you know, I, I suppose that the analogy is, is unless you're a great, you know, uh, literate and are very familiar with Shakespeare, you're not going to be able to say whether um, Much Ado About Nothing, you know, movie which came out a few years ago with Kenneth Branagh, was a mm. good interpretation of Shakespeare or not. You're just going to know how much you enjoyed watching it and i think that that that's the exact same you know sort of like level in terms of um video games if a critic has never had the experience of playing the games they're not going to know anything about that and they're not going to know but there's plenty there that floats your boat as a video gamer you know the, the those little nods and that you you know you're watching right you know right down to um you know there's a credit scene that's worth watching as well there's a, a, a cameo of nick frost in there as in you know um Shaun of the dead nick frost yeah yeah uh so he's in that as well which always, always quite nice to see <laughs> <laughs> but so, uh yeah so it's, it's well worth uh well worth watching i, I, I will i will film. get to see it. whether or not um it's one that i wouldn't mind keeping hold of on disc or not i don't know i think i'll have it on disc on blu-ray mm. On a fucker, yeah. But uh, but yeah, it's it's too close to, to the other movie that I want to see at the moment, so it's um it's a bit difficult there to be honest. Yeah, you got you got to choose the one that you want. Yeah. Mm. Okay. So if we go back for a bit, we've got a bit of time. Should we go back to some more TV and stuff? Oh, do you want to talk about your films? Yeah, well, I've got a bit of TV stuff. I haven't mentioned it as well. Okay. Just a little bit. So obviously, um. The uh, a lot of DC we've mentioned it already, so we've been really enjoying that. Yeah, but actually, really, I'm really, go- I've really been enjoying the Big Bang Theory in the second half of the season. Mm. Now, I don't think this is your cup of tea, is it? Do you know what this? For every reason, mm. this should be my cup of tea, but but it's not. I just, I just, I can't engage with it, and I don't know why. Because in theory, this is the sort of humour that I like. And it's it's very nerdy. Yeah, it's very nerdy. I'm very nerdy. You know, I can completely relate to a lot of the things that the different characters do. Some of the conversations, well, most of the conversations I completely understand. And I'm sad. Why am I not really, really loving this as a series? Even though I do watch it, it's kind of like, it's not so much I force myself to watch it, but I don't go out of my way to watch it. Do you know what I mean? So you've just watched it and come across an episode every now and then sort of thing. Yeah. So it's very disjointed, my viewpoint. You know, it's like one minute, 
you know, someone's uh, a neighbour and in the next minute they're married. Yeah, so, you know, if you go back to the very beginning, now we're, what, we're in season 10, believe it or not. I know, 10 years, wow. And the same way that way Friends went, with the beginning of Big Bang, it's more based on the three guys and what they get up to mm. as much as the Penny the next door who, who um, Leonard's, you know, to, the, to how they, they're getting their, their sort of relationships building up. Yeah. But it's more about the guys and what they get up to. And from the woman's perspective is, is our wives' perspective on what, what their their perspective is as well. Um, but as the series has been progressing, obviously some of them are having children, mm. getting married and stuff. So it takes away that nerdiness a little bit. Yeah. And now with season 10, season 11 pending, probably that could be the end of the show. Yeah. Uh, and ironically, young Sheldon started this year which is on obviously season one yeah and he's it's it's Sheldon's backstory as a child living with his mum mum and dad and his sister and brother who ironically his brother he's never been talked about in the show at all and actually he's going to get get an appearance soon because they've already cast him so that'd be interesting where maybe you haven't seen it but um, Sheldon's sister Missy Mm. has been in the Big Bang Okay. By the way, and she's very attractive, and two of the boys were all over. <laughs> it was really funny. Uh, you know, we didn't know you had a sister like this. She's, you know, drop dead gorgeous. Yeah. But um, it works really well, and I, I, I followed this, followed the show from the very beginning. I mean, you'd probably enjoy the because they, you know, something would break up. They say, "Well, we can't do that tonight. Why? It's Halo night. We always Tuesday's always Halo night." <laughs> <laughs> you know those conversations I mean? that we had when we were uh, sort of single exactly and then they would go they, they would go and do a Planet of the Apes marathon all wearing wearing Planet of the Apes masks in the cinema yeah do you know what I mean yeah so I do. I, maybe you should catch it from the beginning on Netflix because they, they're all on there now yeah and maybe just and they're only 20 minutes long so you could just you know every now and then just put you know easy 20 minutes but there's more geekiness as it, and it's sort of stretched now just to the way the relationships have turned. Yeah. Uh, Here's the thing for you, though. You know Sheldon? You know he's supposed to be, like, middle 20s? I can't think what he's supposed to be, Well, when it started Mm. 10 years ago, you know, sort of like he's supposed to, you know, supposed to have been a young guy because he was still at uni, wasn't he, at that point? Well, they weren't really... They they weren't really... They were sort of doing doctorates, so they were working on... Yeah, getting grants. To yeah, do. so so early twenties so, then, mm. and uh, Jim Parsons, who it's plays his birthday him, today, by the way. Yes, it is, and he's forty five. He's like just over a, a a year younger than I am. Do, do you think? He, do you think he's another Michael J. Fox? <laughs> well, because he's I not aging, he, is he? I, th- I think he must like lay in a pickle jar, you know, after he's done a day yeah. shooting to be quite honest to uh, oh, keep his something, looks. something has just come to mind there's obviously have you seen the comic book store they have they go to yeah well there's one of those where they had a bet and they lost the bet I can't remember what the bet was now and they lost the bet and had to go to the comic store all dressed as members of the Justice League alright <laughs> it's hilarious honestly it's hilarious Penny was Wonder Woman I think um, Sheldon was the Flash but it was it was classic, absolute classic. Mm. You know, that's, that's from our point of view. Even with the comics and everything else, it, it just it works really well. Yeah. Uh, just something else I watched, which is something completely different because we don't really talk about music much. No. 
Um, I don't know about you with with your tastes and with how much music you do listen to. I mean, we all listen to podcasts quite a lot. Yeah. But I occasionally, I, I do love my music that I've grown up with over the years as a teenager and kid and everything else. But more, I suppose, the, I listen to music more probably during the late 70s, 80s, 90s, 2000s was probably my basic, my, my, the majority of it. Mm. So I've come across a documentary called Here Comes the Summer, which was the story of the undertones. Now, if a lot of you don't have never heard of them, they're a band that materialised in the in the late seventies at the time of the of the of the conflicts in Northern Ireland. Uh, it was really interesting to hear the, the story of the undertones. The lead singer was Fergal Sharkey, who he went on his own afterwards to do a few solo stints as well. Yeah. And I actually saw the undertones in in the positive touch to one of the albums they released. And they were brilliant. But I think I don't know. If, I think we need to do a music special or something, maybe about albums and songs that from the pop culture, from what we like. You know, yeah. it's quite. I mean, it's, obviously we're going to hear quite a few in, in Ready, Ready Player One. I should imagine. Mm. I'll, I'll put money on it. But no, I thoroughly enjoyed that um, that that uh, documentary. But the sad thing about the documentary, they didn't have Fergal Sharkey in it. Every all the other band members were in it, so I don't know where they stand now as friends or not friends the same way many other bands that do there they split up and have their differences and they would probably not come together even even just to talk in the same room yeah but it was really interesting to 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 listen to and another part of that documentary reminded me of my love for a radio one dj that was on a late night Mm. and um john peel i don't know if you heard of him no he used his music that he used to play at I actually used to record this on tape sometimes because if I go to bed about 9, 10 o'clock I'd, I'd listen to it in bed at the time but a lot of the bands I used to like he used to he used to bring them out to the forefront mm. so before they become famous he'd say here's another band this this is Spiz Energy for example, for example. and uh, he'd play the song Where's Captain Kirk alright yeah uh, fantastic fantastic band they are uh, I got that on single still, but you just yeah, my love for music there. Just how much I miss it sometimes when I was watching this documentary. Yeah, and I suddenly put all their albums back on my my uh, Amazon <laughs> while I was there. I thought, yeah, do you know what? I've got them. They've got all the vinyls sitting here in my in my drawer, but I decided to put those back on as well. But yeah, I'd, if we need to do like a music top ten albums of all time or something, maybe at some point. Yeah, I think that would be a good one to do. Actually, it'd be something different for the show. I think there are a lot of mu- I think a lot of the Facebook group do like their music. Yeah. Um, so even then, putting in their maybe their all-time favourite album as well as to the end of it, at the end of the debate, given our top ten, maybe. Mm. But yeah, I thought it was uh, it was refreshing to watch actually. Yeah, I, I must admit I've watched a few quite like the documentaries about Queen. Well, I don't know if you. Because have you got Sky, yeah? Yeah. So have you ever been on the music section? Yeah. Yeah. Um, my wife very often puts on VH1 and stuff like that. No, but I'm about... Obviously, with, with Sky Q, it might be slightly different, but they're on the music section now. They've got, like, loads of um, bands that were there. They're little, little doc, mini documentaries or their actual concerts. So no, there's, a couple no. of Queen, there's a couple of Queen ones there, concerts. There's some Sex Pistols... 
Um, they've got they've got like a punk section, for example. Mm. There'd be a pop section. There'd be a section for classical or all sorts. Yeah, to, to be honest, I, I generally we, when we go onto the music channels, it's just more flicking around for something well, yeah, to when, listen to. Yeah, because if you're going to the VH1 just for videos and stuff like that, yeah, where these these are more like documentaries as well. Yeah, off the back end, they're really interesting. There's quite a few different ones there. Because uh, one of the one of the other podcasts that I listened to, Midlife mm-hmm. Gamer, they were doing uh, a Last Christmas Challenge. I heard that one, yes. Yeah, and I got to the 23rd of December and I was so pleased without hearing last Christmas and then my wife put on VH1 and it was sort of like, no! But I'm going to say this, I like that song. I like the song as well, but I was was really wanting to try and see if I could get right the way through the month without hearing it and then my wife put it on and I thought, that's ground for divorce. (laughs) But I think, sorry, it's difficult to, to, to... One of those songs like that, or any other song, maybe even Paul McCartney's Christmas record or something, it's very... Oh, Christmas not. time with mistletoe and wine. <laughs> no, that, well, that, well, that one is... Um, I think that was Cliff Richard, that one. Oh, it was. But, yeah, sorry. Yeah. But do you know what I mean? It's not It's not easy to sort of stay off that. No. But then I don't listen to the radio that much. If I want to listen to the music I love, I'll download it onto Amazon and I'll play it in the car like I do. Yeah. But yeah, no, that was just what I'd say to him about that. It was just, I really enjoyed that documentary. It just reminded me of my teenage youth, I think. And uh, <laughs> seeing, because they even had top of the, they had some top of the pop scenes on there when the undertones were on top of the pops. And uh, oh, I missed all that. It was great. really was. Yeah. Anyway, so seeing the time we've got, um, if we try and quickly run through mine. So that 18 certificate movie, Chucky, the cult of Chucky came out last year. So and what's, what's the premise of it then? So what this is, is that Chucky returns to prey on, on Nika, who was from the last Chucky movie. Okay. Which was about, about four years ago. And also in the background, the nemesis from the original Charles play, which was Andy mm-hmm. from the first film. He is involved in the story too. And it's very, maybe complex. If you've never seen a child play movie, the characters won't really mean too much to you. But what's great about this is the, 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 the premise more of the story is it's based at a mental institution. Yeah. Or should I say a psychiatric hospital? Probably more PC correct to say that. Yeah. And the girl's been thrown into this, this, this facility, which is not a high, high class facility. It's in the middle of nowhere in the snow. But they got a bit more freedom to run around, mm. and the the doctor that she has her therapy with brings in a Chucky doll, which instantly puts her in a in a fiery rage and doesn't you know. And all I'm going to say is we end up with three Chuckies running around, swearing, having a bloodbath of murders. And my missus, even she was put back and saying how gory some of this was, but it was brilliant. Mm. I haven't seen an eight, it, and it was very. It's more, more comical to a certain extent. It was very funny in places, even when Chucky swear him. Yeah. As well, um, it just come. It just comes across really funny, but I, I've really enjoyed it. Well, you do like your horrors, don't you? <clears throat> oh, absolutely. And I say, eighteen certificates. I think going back into the eighties and nineties, where we had films like Nightmare on Elm Street, which were eighteen at the time. Hmm have now been demoted into 15s 
Yeah. I think. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So that's why I think they're pretty rare. Yes. To see an 18 certificate. Yeah, because, well, we've we've just accepted different standards, haven't we, over the years? I think we have. I mean, I mean, all right, there were X's, 18s, and these 18s and X's are now turning into 15 certificate. It's crazy. Maybe it's just the way of the world, isn't it? It is, yeah. But it's well worth if you've if you've if you've seen any of these, I, I'd recommend just watching this. It's a, and if you've got Sky movies, it's out at the moment because it's one of the newest films that's been put on there. Right, well worth a visit. Anyway, so with Ready Player One, with its intimate release in the next five days, I've watched a couple of movies. So I watched The Last Starfighter and War Games. They are real blasts from the early eighties, aren't they? Well, it's the last Starfighter. The last Starfighter was 1984, and War Games is 1983. Yeah, early 80s. <laughs> early 80s, but, but people say they're old. They're not old to me because I grew up with these movies. No, mate, you're old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, but I'm old, and you're older than I am. I know I am. I'm an old git. Yeah, I, I, I ha- you know this is 35 years ago. I, it's horrible, isn't it, to think of it like that. Yeah, but if Matthew I, Broderick was thirty-five when he'd done War Games, he'd be seventy. Well, he looks pretty haggard these days, to be honest. <laughs> he does. I mean, I know he's nowhere near that age, but but for those that have read the books and maybe have never seen these movies, check them out. Yeah, the, they're, they're pretty. They're pretty good films. The, the Last Starfighter was, I think, wasn't it about the first movie that all of the effects were actually on a computer? One of them being, I think, I'm not sure about Tron was as well, wasn't it? But I can't remember when Tron was released. That might have been a bit later. <sighs> I can't remember when Tron was released either. It was... Um... But I remember I remember watching the documentary to The Last Starfighter and um, the guy that played Alex... Tron was, Tron the... was 1982. Okay, so I think... They both had the same thing where the computers for the design of the age was giving you these top of the art, top of the style graphics, which took a rack of computers like you wouldn't believe to create that on film. Mm. Where now they could probably do it off your phone. <laughs> do, you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly <laughs> and, what you mean. But as much as there's a bit of cheese in these movies, I do actually want to own them on Blu ray. Yeah, I think they'll be good on Blu ray. <laughs> now, the Last Starfighter, I, I watched a copy of that, which was a which was a remaster. Yeah. And the, the, the picture's quality, absolutely quality. Mm. So I looked I looked on Amazon. Yeah. But you can't really find it. Now there is a region one around, but I don't think I can play region one even on Xbox. No, you can't. No. But there is there is a region two which is for Europe. I've seen a couple floating around on eBay. Mm. Still, still sealed in their box. Yeah, and only going for about seven pound, and that's for the thirty-five. I think it's the thirty-five-year anniversary or something like that. Yeah, so I'm probably tempted to pick it up. War Games is about the same price, but I can find that on Amazon as well. Yeah, uh, the, uh, they've got it in a seventeen ninety-five on um, Amazon. Which one? Region B Blu-ray. Yeah, is that the two disc? Is that the two disc one? It's, I don't a, think, it's I, a 25th I, anniversary edition. Yeah. Because I looked on Amazon and I couldn't see one that was Region B at the time. Maybe I could, maybe it's changed in the, in the last few days. I think we're going to get a lot of these old films going to perk their interest from Ready Player One, to be honest. Yeah. But it's just a couple of films I never never really owned. I mean, I watch War Games on Netflix anyway. It's on there. If you, have, if you haven't seen it, go and check it out on there. Yeah, it's a one-disc version. Yeah, there's a, there is, I think there's a two-disc version as well. Mm. Um, but even mind you what um, you can do is you can get it on Amazon Video as a 
Well, it's only a standard deaf movie, though. No, but obviously the the, 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 the remastered is excellent, really good quality. Yeah. Uh, but War Games, again, obviously, how did you... Well, we can we can quickly talk about this. People that have read the book will know about this. How did you find that part of the, of the quest in there? To be honest, my memory of War Games was a little bit sketchy, so a lot of the references kind of went over my head a little bit mm. because, I mean, I must admit, it's been 25 years since I've watched War Games. Right. Around about that amount of time. Um, you know, I w- last watched it <coughs> early 90s, I think. Yeah. So do you want to talk about that bit in terms of it in Ready Player One? Well, yeah, because obviously they had this VidSync scenario Mm. in the quest where he would step into the role of Matthew Broderick and have to recite the lines. Yeah, yeah. And the first part, well, the first part of the film for that was where he was playing Gallagher. Yeah. In a coffee shop. Yeah. And, but it's just, Honestly, it is re- it's worth what well, I think if you go and stick it on now one one evening, you'd be pleasantly surprised. But then what I what I, I get out of this as well is what, what sort of computers they're using for the time, which now seem like knives, stones and tablets of concrete compared to what we have now. Do you know what I mean? It's really yeah. basic computers. But I just, it was just, it was nice to go and see those movies again. And it just, it just I got a fond memory for, for a lot of those movies at that time. Mm. And uh, I should really put my collection, make it a little bit bigger. I mean, we all rely on digital these days. Too much, I think. And it's, that license can always be taken away from you. Well, I had that exact same thing with Sony, if you remember. The small print. No one reads a small print with digital, do they? No. But um, Sony took away a lot of um, the licenses that I had for, you know, the ultraviolet films because they said that that, uh, I hadn't used my account for ages and therefore didn't need the films anymore. Hmm. And I reckon that they emailed me. Well, unfortunately for Sony, I could prove the fact that they didn't since I keep every email that I get, (laughs) you know, from places like Sony, you know, on those sort of things. So, you know, had a bit of an argument with them and suggested that either, uh, you know, to to just reinitiate all of my things, because I was emailing them from the same account that it was uh, done to. And I said, you have to prove to us that you bought all of the movies, that you still have the movies and show your receipts of when you bought them. And I said... Okay, then, in that case, under the Data Protection Act, I want a copy of all of the movies that I have registered with you um, and a copy of every piece of personal data that you have on me. This is my email address. It's going to take you an awful lot of time to do that. Or you can just reinitiate my account and I won't put a complaint into the Information Commission and you'll get half a million pound fine up to. And uh, funnily enough, the couple of days later, my account was reinitialized. Hmm. So... <laughs> You know, I just uh, kind of, um, I I was a bit annoyed at that because they just literally took the movies away. But the problem was I was watching my films not through their web browser, but I was watching it through Flipster. Yeah. Yeah. I did have some I did have some films in there myself, but I've forgotten how that, that went now to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, you download Flixster movies and as long as you you know you registered them then they should appear in, in your app. Or you can also use Talk Talk T V. Yeah. <clears throat> but I think I've I think to be honest, having the discs still was okay enough, do you know what I mean? Mm. I weren't too fussed about that. 
Well, to be honest, I'd rather watch them on a disc anyway, because I think even though they're supposed to be the same quality, I do think that the movie, the disc movies look slightly sharper. Mm, yeah, and also that's why I need to get a copy of Brainstorm, but that's a difficult one to find as well, actually. I think that would be very difficult to do. It is out there, but it's. I think again, it's. I think it's Region One. Yeah. Well, there's a but, lot in Region One, and if we haven't, you haven't bought it when it came out here, you're not going to get them again. No, no. Unless you get a second-hand copy. Yeah, that's that's the difficult thing is is whether or not it's worth it's maybe worth getting a Region, you know, an unlocked Region DVD, say or Blu-ray player, or whatever. Yeah. Just for that sake, you know. Mm. But yeah, hey ho, it's uh, it's one of those things. Yeah. So that's mine done, really. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'll quickly talk about mine then. So, TV. Uh, I've been absolutely binge watching The Walking Dead. Got into this completely big time now. Absolutely loving loving it as a show. Did you did you did you have the same part of it I did that the season before. The, se- the the last season before Negan's appearance, yeah, he, he he was at the end of it, wasn't he? End of end of se- one season. That was a bit of a lull, I thought, in the show. The the, the went the, the show was quite disjointed on that season, I think, because you were following a train track, weren't you? Remember rightly? Oh no, that that was way before. That's way before Negan, because you're talking about the terminus. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. Even though the term, actually the terminus, because it was quite gross what they were doing there, wasn't it? Do you remember? Yeah, there the were cannibals. But then after that, there's Alexandra. That's it. Um, and then after that, they find that they're not alone. And then that's when Negan starts coming in to the... Or Negan's men start coming into the picture who are like the big bad in this new world. Did you, did you notice... One of the guys in there, one of his gang. Well, it's quite a lot of them. <laughs> but did you? Did one of them perk your ears? Did when you saw him? Did your ears prick up and you thought, "I know you"? No. Well, oh, maybe, but maybe I was just too tired to notice. I don't know. Okay, so one of the one of the gang members was in one of Rockstar's games. Is that jogger memory at all? No, it doesn't. Oh, was he the on the L.A. Noir? No, no, no. In- oh, yeah, it's uh, Simon Negan's uh, number one, isn't he? Because he was the uh, wild and wacky guy out of GTA Five. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And it was exactly, because obviously they, they, when they did the mocap for him as well, it's, it's him. Can, You're can thinking, I, oh, my God. Can I be honest, when I was, when I was watching that, Mm. I was watching it and I was saying it wasn't his voice that I was recognising, but I looked at him and I thought, Jesus, that guy looks like the guy of GTA 5. <laughs> oh, you didn't realise? Oh, okay. <laughs> and it was just sort of like, but I just thought maybe they modelled the, the character on him or the other way around, but it, and it hadn't actually dawned on me. The penny hadn't dropped. Because oh. <laughs> it's his voice as well. The voice is there as well. If you I didn't remember. play enough of GTA 5 to to know his voice yeah but yeah excellent you know like like you know i did get gta 5 on two platforms and i just i never got on with it Mm. um i don't know why i bought it a second time how because obviously i've only got my last episode i watched yeah was the one after the the uh the the um the baseball bat scene oh jesus Oh my god! I was going to come you, on to did, that. Did you cringe or did you not cringe or did you lo- did you look away from the screen? 
No, I, I continued watching the screen, but I watched it. And uh, did you think at first that he'd actually done his son? No, because the way no, I think because the way he 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 drew that line on his arm, didn't he? he no, no, uh, before like... that, before you actually knew who he'd done. Because we're not going to was... say who, but obviously, okay, you're going to no, know it's not we, Carl. We, no. Okay, so so yeah, so the cliffhanger left you with the baseball back and the sound, didn't it? But it didn't tell you who it was. Yeah, did you think it was his son? Because I did. No, I don't know. I'm trying to remember that because I was in the conspiracy theories on this because um, you're trying to work out who it was. I don't think I did. But what got me was after the f- after what happened to the first person. Then it happened to a second person. And you didn't... I That bit I didn't see coming. Do you know what? I had been expecting that person to go from two seasons before. Right. To be honest, I'd been waiting for that to happen. But when it happened, I was sort of like, no! I could not believe it. You know, do you know what I mean? Even though I'd been waiting for it, I could not believe what I was seeing. And I and- watched it and I thought... Oh my god, that is horrific. For you to see that, you kept away from the spoiler not knowing who it was. Yeah, completely, because I I never researched anything about The Walking Dead. I played Mm. the the game, you know, and I I always thought Michonne was like a minor character. I didn't know she was like a major character later on. Oh yeah, absolutely, yeah. So I played the game Michonne, so I'm not really sure where Michonne fits in in the storyline. I presume that that was where she was before she met up with everybody else. Yeah, this is... is See, that's like a prequel to it, isn't it? Yeah. Which I hadn't... I just thought that she was someone who came in while they were at the prison and then went away later on. Mm. Um, I didn't realise that, you know, that she was such a major character. But when that happened to that person, who we won't say in case somebody hasn't watched it, like myself, because we don't really we don't want to spoil that for you. But oh my god, <laughs> I was just so. This is what I love about this show: is in no Doesn't, one is safe. Well, I don't think even Rick would be safe, to be honest. No, no. And I don't know too much about what's gone on over the last season. Maybe I should go back and, and download if I can get pick them up on on the on the. Uh... You can pick them up on Sky. No, I was about to say if I should what I should do. I've got a nice chunky. I've got a nice big space left on my hard drive. Maybe I should just take them and do and go through them. I think you should. I think you should because I've so enjoyed this. After, I would say after about season three, I really started getting into it from mm. from the terminus bit. And so, afterwards, but, but, so didn't you? Didn't you enjoy the, the when they had the prison because they were they were they were they were all holding up in a yeah. In like- um, I, I yeah, I actually no, I enjoyed the the governor story arc. Did you like who it was as well that played him? Yeah, I'm trying to remember who I was. I was watching. I was thinking, I know you, but I can't. Yeah, he was a doctor. One of the doctors. Yes, doctor he was. He, he was. No, he was. He was the. He was the not Doctor Who. Doctor Who. Yeah, in the Christmas special. Yeah, in the Christmas special, you thought he was Doctor Who, but he'd had a memory implant or something. That's it. Yeah, yeah, and he, and he got and he had all the images of all the doctors. Do you know right. what? I knew that I could remember. I, I knew him, but I couldn't. Yeah. Fi- I couldn't picture him, and I just not. It just not gelled. <laughs> oh, I've been slow that while I've been watching this. I've been, I've been so engrossed in the story. That's what it is. But he he played a fantastic character. Cause I thought this is a real departure from the stuff I've seen this guy in. Not mm. clicking that it was Doctor Who. Yeah. But oh my god, that whole Negan appearance—that was TV brilliance, as gory as hell. 
we see I don't know you wouldn't have got to see it but after that after that um, when that season kicked back in yeah that episode I watched the Walking Dead what they did they do like a walk like they did with, with Star Trek Discovery yeah you get that little um, bit with the cast afterwards yeah and they held that that night they held that in a cemetery <laughs> believe it or not and they brought him on in front of the audience after watching it yeah. they all sat and watched it they, they had a big screen in in, um, in LA in a in a uh, in a cemetery yeah that's how they watched it and they brought him on and also they brought on the other members of the cast including the the, the, the ones that bit the dust as we say yeah uh, that, it was I mean it got the the look of you know that second attack because it because it it only really showed you from the first attack baseball yeah. attack like <clears throat> a stump whereas it showed you pretty much a lot on the second one didn't it yeah well actually you saying that when my missus winced when we were watching Chucky when someone had a face on the floor and they just kept treading into the face yeah and kept treading till it broke up. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? We see a but lot anyway. of that on The Walking Dead, but no, I'm, oh God, I'm yeah. completely won over by this show now. Mm. And I'm, I'm actually going to look uh, watch Fear the Walking Dead as well. Oh, I started watching... See, I watched season one of that. Yeah. So... But, um, but yeah, quickly then... Last one. Let's keep it on a zombie yeah. theme. <laughs> yeah. I zombie quick, is back. I'm getting, I'm getting looked through the windows outside because she's doing the dog outside. Oh, fair moment. enough. <laughs> So, um, iZombie is back on Netflix. New yes, se- I need to go. series. I need, I need, I'm behind on that as well, actually. I need to go back. I love that show. Yeah, well, it's well worth watching because uh, it's the late, we the, all of the latest episodes of the crime-fighting coroner who happens to be a zombie. <laughs> uh, I just, I love this show. I know it's based on a, you know, a comic book. Gra- but Graphic novel, isn't it? Yeah, graphic novel. But uh, I would say that this is, you know, it's found its feet, well and truly. I mean, it's always mm. been quite a strong show, but I think it's it's found its feet in terms of that cross between comedy and everything else that's mm. there. Really enjoyed how the episodes have go out. I love the fact that the characters take on, you know, the, the zombies, when they eat a brain, take on the personality traits of the person that they have eaten because it gives a lot of variety to the show in yeah, terms yeah. of how the, the main character's going to be. So this last one, she was like a Bridget Jones sort of character. So it was quite amusing. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. and, and everybody was like, you know, the love of her life and, you know, the, you know, oh, he's, you know, the, he's my Mr. Darcy sort of. <laughs> Which is not how a character normally is. I do have a a soft spot for her. She's a really good actress. She is, yeah. Yeah, but uh, well worth having a look uh, if you haven't seen this. I know that it's out... You know, when you you say, um, you know, a crime-fighting coroner zombie, Mm. you think, yeah, right, okay, thanks for that. Keep taking the medication and I'll take a pass. But it's not. It's good. (laughs) You know, it's good humour... And just you know, a bit of light relief, to be honest. Um, oh, absolutely! Yeah, so, yeah I, I love. I I do have a soft spot for that show. Um, it's it's. I can't get. I don't think the missus actually can get into it. But I need to probably um, every now and then maybe just sit and watch one episode every now and then. Yeah, keep going with it. Uh, yeah, I think you do because otherwise you're going to get well behind on it. It's it's well worth catching up on this. Yeah, because um, now the city's locked down as well. Oh God. I have... <laughs> 
Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, you know, is there any is there any crossovers that show can have? Do you think? <laughs> um, some piece of New York. I don't know. <laughs> I can't. I can't see how it there can be, uh, unless mm. I do a spin-off show. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, okay. Okay. <clears throat> Okay, so because we've recorded the show over two weeks, we're going to do two lots of film charts. So the film charts for the week commencing the 1st of April 2018. We have The Greatest Showman, which is at number five. Number four, we have Tomb Raider. Number three, we have Black Panther. Number two, we have Pacific Rim uh, Uprising. And at number one, there is Peter Rabbit. So there we go. That's the uh, the cinema charts for this week. For Blu-ray and DVD releases, there are, again, a cast of thousands of Blu-rays and DVDs that have been released. But for me, I think the, probably the pick-out one would be the Book Rogers in the 25th Century Complete Collection Blu-ray box set, uh, which I will most certainly be putting on my Amazon wish list. Other than that, there's not much there. But if you like the, the Rolling Stones, there's... Rolling Stones, Stories from the Edge, which might be quite good for some people. Simply read it live at Montreal as well, if you like that sort of music. So that's the DVD releases for the week beginning of the 2nd of April. We'll leave it there and we'll go on to our big debate. There was something missing. So the debate this week is going to be about spaceships. Now, we've both done our own top 10. I don't think we're going to argue over these, are we, really? No, I don't I don't think so. But I just think all we need to do is really say about why we why we like each one. <clears throat> yeah. And it, as far as I'm concerned, the top two, depending upon what mood I get up on in the morning, we'll swap. <laughs> well, that's the thing with this, isn't it? it, it yeah. The, I mean, it's any 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 top ten that you're going to pick for anything is going to change in in a mood. Yeah, and I, I would say as well. I think you've used the same sort of formula here as what I've done is from each film. Because we're only talking about movies as well. We're not talking about TV shows because otherwise that, that's the, another ball game, isn't it? <laughs> it is because the eagle would have been on there straight away. But in terms of films, I've only chosen one ship per film. Yes, because I I, I think. You could have easily have had every Star Wars one in there, or a lot of Star Trek ships. Well, I'm not mentioning Slave Rock One, the Liberator, the Tanti Four. I could go on. Yeah, <laughs> X Wings, yeah. Y Wings, all all of those uh, were the notes that you know they were considered. But there was all, there's only one you know one that you're going to really select from each film, so you've got to make your choice. Okay, so number ten for me is a film from 1956. And that's the Forbidden Planet. And this is the Star Cruiser C-57D, which was commanded by Leslie Nielsen, if you remember. It was when he had black hair. <laughs> Not silver, as it is. And wasn't it Walter Pigeon? It was also on there as well. Yeah, Walter Pigeon was the uh, the guy on the planet, wasn't it? Yeah, and, uh, yeah, and it had Robbie the Robot. Well, sometimes, but not I that used... Robbie the Robot, but no, it was I exactly to... the same. <laughs> no, because I think some people always get confused between that and Lost in Space. But it was the same robot. No, it wasn't. No, I don't mean it was the same robot as in the same character. I mean, it was the same model. No, it wasn't. You sure? Yes. I'm not, so, I'm not convinced. Yeah, honestly... There, there, there are differences. Yeah, very minor cosmetic differences. They're, but they are. It's they, they are different. It's not. I mean, considering 
I'm trying to think when uh, when Lost in Space, the TV show came out, would have been sixties. So this fifty six. This was pretty early in the sci fi genre, wasn't it? Mm. But it did. It just had that sleek look of a typical sixties sci fi spaceship. Yeah. I mean, I could have put in there. To be honest, I've also could have put in there the the spaceship from the day the Earth stood still. Well, they were both flying saucers, weren't they? They're, they're, they're both very stereotypical flying saucers. This here. is the type that people would have spotted when they used to say they would see a UFO and they would, you know, it'd yeah. be on the newspaper. It was yeah, that's typical design. X-Fire but it was great. sort it, of uh, intro, what? Yeah. Or oh, Mars Attacks as well. It was, yeah, which was probably very much based on those, those B-movie um, spaceships at the time, you know, for that. Yeah. But I, but, I must admit, I, I loved... Forbidden Planet is one of my all-time favourite classic sci-fi movies. You know, when I say classic, I mean before I was born. <laughs> <laughs> well, we both weren't born then, so that's all right. <laughs> yeah, but but it, it was. I, I can't. I'm I'm not going to shoot myself down here, but I won't remember. But basically, this was based on a Shakespeare play. Yes, it was a Tempest, wasn't it? It was, and it's just it is for me. It's one of those classic um, sci-fi sci-fi movies that we had then. Is it is it? There's a little bundle of them that I used to watch on BBC Two on a on a sort of a six seven o'clock in an evening. Yeah, when they used to do like a season of of, of sci-fi. Yeah, but no, it's just it, I, it's such a. I love this movie. I, I do I do have a, a digital copy, but I really need to get a Blu-ray copy just to have preservation from my point of view i have a dvd copy oh you do do you <laughs> yeah but there is another anniversary edition it, i mean it's i can't remember how old this movie is now but it's is in the fact that it, how many it's on its it's, it's upteenth anniversary you know but it, it's it's great and it's got a great story very very clever story yeah yeah because uh, it's well i can't remember what star is it that, it, that we were going around what do you mean was it Sirius or Beetlejuice or something like that? Possibly. <clears throat> I, I can't remember, to be honest, because it has been a long time since I've actually watched the film. Yeah, but I did I did the, the humorous part where Robbie made the alcohol for the for the ship, the ship cook. Yeah, that was quite funny. And there was like, like 200 to 300 bottles of whiskey there yeah. for him, you know. But no, it, it, it's a really good one. What, what was your... It was nineteen fifty six, by the way. Oh, I did say that. I thought I did say fifty six, but uh, yeah. so what was your um, what was your number ten then? Well, I'm just wondering because we've got similarity. Do you want to do your ten, and I'll do my ten as well, <laughs> okay. or, or do you all want right. to do it all ten? Yeah, and then I mean, if there's if there's one on yours that you want to talk about as we go through it, and vice versa. Yeah, because well, I mean, some that you haven't the, got. The Star Cruiser C fifty seven D from yeah. Forbidden Planet is on my list. What number was it? Uh, it was number seven. Okay, so number nine, I've gone Jupiter 2. And if this was a TV one, it would still be in there for Lost in Space. But as it did it in the movie, I thought I'd put it in there. Yeah. Another classic um, 60s show brought to the brought to the 90s then, which yes. I remember is now Netflix are going to be bringing out a show in about two weeks' time. Yes, it's, isn't it the 13th of air? Something like that, yeah. But I'm a bit, I've seen the, I've seen the trailer and I'm a little bit disappointed. Well, it's not going to be what you remember, is it? No, it's. I mean, I mean, I'd love the TV show, and the, the movie isn't bad. I think it's it's quite good, um, and the ship's very similar anyway. Yeah, and I love I love the ship. It's great, but the the chemistry with 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 Doctor Smith and and the robot was always a big part of that show. Yeah, and Gary Oldman was good in it. Yeah, he he played in that part. He played mm. that part for the film really well. It's 
Very different to the original Dr. Smith, though. Oh, because he was, it was very tongue-in-cheek, wasn't it? Yeah, whereas Gary Oldman's character was very dark. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just, yeah, just good out. I mean, I still, it still holds up now to a certain degree. I, I, I think the only drawback on this for me is, is the guy that played in Friends, his part. Yeah, he, he drew a blank, didn't he? Or a blank. <laughs> he did. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's sorry. I, I, I can't take that guy serious. I really can't. I, do you know what? I don't mind Matt LeBlanc, to be quite honest. Uh, I, I actually do like him in episodes, if you ever watch that. Because, and he plays Matt LeBlanc. Because he, he plays such a thick character, doesn't he? But he plays himself. Well, that's for debate. I mean, I don't really watch Top Gear anymore on the BBC, because he's on that now as well, isn't he? No, and have you heard as well that uh, the Grand Tour's finishing after season three? Well, that's interesting. I wonder why that is. Probably because it's lousy. <laughs> to be fair, it's it's anyway. Yeah. It's it's not as good as it used to be when it was Top Gear. No, probably not. So yeah, so, so that I, was the... I I didn't have that on my list. <laughs> oh, you didn't. Okay, so another one not on your list, which I'm very surprised at, which is the next one down for me, which is the Heart of Gold from the movie version of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, which was in 2005. Yeah, that's because I didn't put it on for two reasons. A, it bore no resemblance to the version in the book, and also the film was awful. <sighs> it cut out the whole best scene in the first book, which was about Arthur Dent laying in front of the bulldozer and the whole discussion with Prosser and Ford Prefect. That was in the film. No, it wasn't. It wasn't the whole... It wasn't the, that You mean whole the whole bit. scene? Yeah, that whole scene. That was... It was one of the things for establishing Ford Prefect as a character. Yeah. And also just the general thing of getting up. And even then, the book version is so much better than the TV version or the radio version. So I was I was disappointed in the movie. Mm. I, I mean, the ship... Go on. The ship looks pretty cool, I must admit. It does and, look cool. And for, for what it can do, I think it needed to be in the list for that one reason alone that it that, that it can jump through time and space the way it can do. Do you know what I mean? It, it's no other ship can do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean it's it's a cool concept of a ship, mm. and it does look cool. But I just I could I couldn't put it in my top ten. I'm afraid you're being picky as usual. I am, I am, because I like I like stuff when it's from a book. Well, from a book based on a radio series to be. Close to the source material. But it's Not an American movie. It never works like that. You know that. It never works. Yeah. But anyway, so the next one, we're going back to 1968, 2001 A Space Odyssey and the Discovery ship. Love the Discovery. It looks... <laughs> and it just looks so good. It looks like a long spine with a ball at the end. <laughs> <laughs> something that Dr. Surgeon would probably use on you, isn't it? It, it uh, Yeah. I mean, I just, I love the whole concept. I mean... It's the most implausible design for a, for a long-range spaceship because if the only way to get to the other end of the ship is to use a shuttle pod to, to get, you know, even midway down, it's pretty bad design yeah. really, isn't it? But it I is. just love the look of it. But it is, this is, I mean, just for the look, some of these ships, the reason they're here in this list is they look so good. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Well, it's it's not exactly as if we're going to be rating them on speed or whatever, because there's no consistent measurement of speed in any of these. <laughs> or even anyway. size, to be honest, because some of these ships are absolutely massive. And some are very, very tiny. Exactly. Like Jupiter 2 and Star Cruiser are literally, you know, you can walk, it's like the size of my room, as in for the um, area. And then, 
It'll be well, all these other ships that are like, you know, you should take you a, you've got to walk about a mile down the road to get to the other end of it. Yeah, but I, ju- I just love the whole, the Discovery one from 2001. It mm. was a, it was a really, really good design because it, it just looked so, such an attractive ship. I love the concept of the centrifugal force. Uh, well, it gave you that, it, it showed you that, didn't it? It showed you the idea of <clears throat> how space does actually work with, you know, you know, you're gonna, you are gonna walk in a circle round, round to get to another area, like yeah. you do today. If you're gonna, if you're gonna go through a space station, you've got that idea, haven't you, that you could be upside down. Yeah, which is quite close to technology. So that for that, it, it, it's it's well worthy of being in there. Yeah. And another huge ship. My next one is the ISV Venture from Avatar, which is massive. Yes. And I think the first time you see the guys coming out of the the pods when they've gone through their stasis it seems to go for miles it looks like that ship yeah and it's just the design it's it's just a typical just a typical movie of, of just you know design of of, of the, the later ships that we've been getting mm. over the last few years i mean you could put it similar to i don't know maybe the prometheus maybe or something like that yeah yeah you could really cool um after that we're going back into the 80s again, into 84. And the Gunstar from La- from the last Starfighter. Yeah, it's, it's probably the smallest ship in the whole lot, this, isn't it? Because it's basically a fighter. Yeah, but it looks bigger than... I mean, it looks a little bit bigger than what you think because the way that the the way that the, the guy that has to do, as in the one that... There's only two people run this ship, so it's, it's, from that side, it's very small. Mm. And you have a platform with an elevator to get to the... Um, the gunnery chair. Mm. But I think it looks pretty cool. I think it's just it's a great looking ship. It's to very me, mo- the uh, fighters off Babylon 5 look very much based on that. I don't remember that now. It's such a long time ago. Oh, dear. Yeah, if you, if you, if you kind of, you know that, how on the Gunstar, it had like, uh, it was like an X mm. with the, <clears throat> the east and west side of the X with a curve attached, you know, uh, uh, you know, like it, that bit of a segment Mm. So it looked like two two pieces of a Trivial Pursuit set stuck together in the middle. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah, in, in a general shape. Well, mm. you look at the Babylon 5 fighters and they were in that similar kind of X configuration, but it was more, more of it, you know, more of that, the X sort of shape rather than having the curved bits. Yeah. But it's it's still you know it's still there in that general design. But it it was a really nice looking ship. I mean, to be honest, I would love to see a remake of that film. I don't know. It's got its charm for me. I know, but it's a bit dated in terms. You know, I mean, what I mean is bringing it bringing it forward and making it gritty. I mean, Trom. You know that. For example, was remade and it made it gave, made it look different in sight in special effects. The same way that the special effects of Tron and and uh, the last sight were pretty much similar for that. But Tron was a, a remake. Well, it wasn't a remake. It was a sequel, and it could do a sequel to this. Mm. When he comes back, comes back after you know building the uh, the, the um, empires, <clears throat> getting their 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 rally of their troops back up to what they were because there was none left because they all died, didn't they? Yeah, and he was the last starfighter. Exactly, hence the title. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, okay, back my next, the top three ships are all from the 70s. So number three. Says a lot, doesn't it? Doesn't it, yeah. Number three is the Millennium Falcon. And do you now, know what I know, sort of ship this was? Was it 
it was a bit of an odd design. Yeah. What was what type of ship was it? What do you mean? Well, it the Millennium Falcon is the name of that ship, but what is that model of ship? Would you rather explain that than me? <laughs> okay, it's a Corellian YT-1300 like okay. freighter. Of course you are, yeah. Of course you're going to say that. <sighs> anyway. You did it, no, did you? <laughs> no, I do know that. I just, I didn't, I didn't write it in there. I didn't have enough space. But it, to be honest, it's, everyone knows it as a Millennium Falcon, so that's all you need to know. Yeah. But... Which was based on a hamburger with an olive. Yeah, shape. because you got the stick holding the olive in between to hold it up. It just looks, it's very odd looking design. It, it is. Looks, it's like someone, someone designed it and then someone else sort of, it, let's add this bit onto it. But yeah, it's a good ship. I know if I let you just chat about that, we'll be here all night and we haven't got time for that. What about the controversy that there is online at the moment about the new Solo movie? What, regarding the ship? Yeah, as in the fact of... Why does the Millennium Falcon look newer and better and have the bit at the front where the mandibles are? <clears throat> well, being newer, then that's got every right to be because this because is going to be... Because it's a prequel, yeah. Yeah, so it's going to all look white and shiny inside, not dirty and gritty as if someone's rubbed their dirty hands all over it. Yeah. But other than that, I know you're going to... And it has plating over it as well. Well, you need to talk... You need to have a chat with Ron Howard about that. Well, I mean, I've I've been thinking about this, and to be quite honest, it kind of... I I think that we'll see the reason why the shape changes in the film. I think that's going to be part of the uh, thing. And what's always been reported, whether or not it's in Legends or actual canon now, is that that front part was always for the uh, carrying of payload of varying different types. So maybe it was a detachable payload canister or something, I don't know. But also, if you think about it, if this was owned by Lando Calrissian mm. at the time of the Solo movie, Lando's very flash and he would have everything pretty much, you know... He'd have a chandelier in there, wouldn't he, as well? It, it would. He'd it, have everything <laughs> gleaming because that's the kind of guy he is. Whereas hands a bit seedy... A bit, you know, a bit dodgy, a bit, a little bit, you bit know, dirty, a little bit, a little edges. bit, way, a little bit, you know, it's that kind of character. Well, and I think it looks, it looks like the inside of like Alien, the you know, in you know, within the Stromo, it's very clean and. Yeah, but if you think about it, if if Han's a smuggler, the last thing he's going to want is a pristine ship because it's going to cause too much attention. You know, it's it's like if you're smuggling drugs across, you know, a border. I'm only, you know, thinking this out loud rather than actually saying from experience. But if yeah. you're smuggling drugs from you know across a border, you're not going to go across there in a Ferrari, are you? You're going to go into something that's not going to cause any attention. Mm. And of course, you know, that to me is why, you know, Solo getting the ship would have downgraded the Falcon in that, in the respect of its uh, pristine look. <laughs> that seems to be the logical thing. Mm. On the other hand, it could be just a massive plot hole. Oh, but yeah, but you know, but I, I, to be, I know you're a bit, again, you're a bit sort of peasant about this movie. <laughs> but I, 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 did you see that tweet from Ron Howard when he's um, doing the, the, you know, he's tidying up the film? Yeah. production so I think it'll be alright I know people are going to say that maybe he's not the hand solo that you need in that well uh, evidently they had to get in an act, uh, a teaching coach to teach the actor how to be the type of hand solo he was supposed to be evidently I don't know it's, I'm, 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 I'm going to be giving up with Star Wars this rate to be honest it's, um, it's a franchise that's going downhill for me and uh, to be honest I'm really struggling to understand when they've done such a good job on Marvel 
why they can't do the same thing for Star Wars. It's like they want to kill it off. Disney to- are just Disney are, are, are using this as a cash cow at the moment. I, I don't think it's Disney. I think it's Kathleen Kennedy, to be quite honest with you. I think she needs to go. Anyway, that's a, a chat for another day. It is. There we go. That, that, there's <laughs> a big I like debate, her anyway, so don't knock her. Anyway, number, number two is the mothership from Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Yeah. And for me, this, this ship's imprinted in my brain from a child. Yeah. And I loved it. Such a great movie. Spielberg, one of the Spielberg classics, this film is. Yes. And the film was made out of all spare parts of other other bits and pieces. It's incredible. Yeah, I can imagine that. None of your CGI here, is there? No, it's all proper practical effects. And it did look massive, did that ship, because it was bigger than the mountain it was on. Yeah, you're on about... Um, oh, God, it's gone right out of my head. But yeah, the... the, the, the uh, we call it a mountain, but it's is 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 lava rock, isn't it? I think I can't remember to be quite honest. But Devil's Tower—that's what it's called. That's it, yeah. But it just—it's iconically when you see it hovering out the backside of that, coming over the top, and how to land. It actually has to go upside down. Mm. It spins on itself to land. She's incredible, incredible shit. Yeah, don't you think? I've, I've never thought this has just popped in my head now. Mm. Steven Spielberg made. I, th- I, th- I think what he should have done is have the aliens from E.T. as the aliens on Close Encounters to make it all one universe. That would have been cool. I mean, I like the way that we've had... So, when we had Paul, for example... Paul was brilliant. <laughs> I love that film. That that 60s, that 60s uh, image of what an alien would look like. Yeah. And they kept it very similar. Yeah. Even though they looked a bit more creepy... Because their 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 bodies, their arms and legs were a different out of proportion. Yeah, they could have probably scratched their backsides away. There, those arms are so long. Yeah, they could have actually, you know, like Mister Fantastic, they were. But but no, it's just it, I just love this film to bits and all the ships in that special effects, which were um, and the ships. Oh, that was done by Douglas Trumbull. Well, I think he got an Oscar for that. Mm. Memory serves, but it was just fantastic. It's, it is it is iconic, an iconic ship. Yes. I agree. Um, and number one, which is no surprise, but the the one I'm going to actually uh, going to put in here because I know yours is different, funnily enough, is the USS Enterprise NCC one seven zero one from Star Trek: The Motion Picture. Not A B C or bloody D. None of those. <laughs> um, I mean, we could have had we could have had these different different versions. Yes, there is. Even oh, can we say this now? Even in Discovery. Yeah. So, I mean, I do like the other iterations we've had. We've had, obviously, the, which ones that you like, which is the Kelvin timeline. Well, there goes a spoiler. Hey, ho. <laughs> <laughs> it's my show this week. Well, we're going to my way. <laughs> but I think this is a classic. I actually had the, I had a model of this. I, put, I, I bought a model which is put together like sort of an FX type mm. for this ship. And I've got a poster, which I really need to get another glass frame for, of this ship as well. Yeah. It's such a cl- oh! I'm just thinking of Ready Player One now. I can't say. I'm oh, sorry. Let me just divert. I can't talk about that. Um, but yeah, for me, this is. This You've is already told me something about the film that I wasn't expecting. <laughs> no, I haven't given anything away. I haven't given anything away. For me to chat off air about that, but no, for me, this is the ultimate starship. For me, it's nothing else comes close. Okay. So, well, let's just say that there. I won't. I won't have your answer on that. Do you want to read, read out your top ten? Okay. So, in at number ten. <laughs> Is the Guild Transporter from Dune? I'm going to Google that because I can't, I haven't seen that film in donkeys. 
and it was a massive ship. And the only thing it actually did was go into orbit because the guild um, folded space, so it didn't actually fly through space. Mm -hmm. Um, But I just love the whole sort of over-the-top kind of retro-y look that that had, you know, and it was very sort of like big and bold. So is this the one... It looks like like a big T sort of thing. Yeah, I know what you mean now by, by, yeah, I'm looking at the right one now. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, I haven't seen this film in donkeys. It reminds me of actually one of the Star Trek, one of the Star Wars sort of, um, maybe it might have been in in number two or three. Yeah. Where you had all the stormtroopers coming out. Yeah. But yeah, no, very, very, um, very good ship there. I don't know who designed that one. I don't know, but the the design on that film was pretty fantastic all around, mm. I think. I just remember Sting in that movie. He just comes to my head all the time. See, I always remember Patrick Stewart. <laughs> I can't remember him being in it, to be And honest. he was bald in it as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was Gurney Halleck. Yeah, I need to dig that film out from somewhere and have a little look at that. Yeah, it's a good film. Um, so yeah I I, I just like the uh, whole concept of that and like the idea of the travel the way that they travel Mm -hmm. as in they don't actually move but they stay stationary and the point that they're at that part of space falls so that they appear somewhere else yeah it's kind of like a wormhole that appears around them as it were yeah so my next one is the NTE 3120 NSEA Protector and some people might not know exactly where that's from. So and which movie from is that in? Galaxy Quest. So this was the film of the Mickey take of Star Trek, <laughs> basically. And to be honest, it, it, it was kind of like the movie movie version of the Orville, really. Well, they're not and far. The, I, I reckon they look very close, don't they? And, and for the for the person who put on the uh, on the Facebook page as well, when I was talking about the Orville, I wasn't talking about Keith and Orville. <laughs> <laughs> I did laugh at that, to be quite honest. But, uh, yeah, the NS- uh, NSEA protector, it, I just think it looked really uh, quite cool. Mm. And it was obviously a really super large uh, ship. I, I just think it's a shame that we didn't see more uh, of that, you know, a, yeah. a, a sequel in some sort of way. Or maybe we will get to see it when they do the supposed TV programme. Although Maybe. I bet you anything that, well, you definitely won't be getting one of the actors, but I bet we won't get the others either, mm. which would be a shame. So my next one is going back to like the 40s. It is, but then again, this is from, I mean, is this, are you going to say this is from the 40s, not from the 80s? Yes, this is from the 40s. So it's yeah. Dr. Zarkov's rocket ship from the original Flash Gordon with Buster Keat. Which was made out of a toilet paper and a cone. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, it is, you know, when you draw a rocket ship, it's kind of like, other than Thunderbird 3, probably about the closest that you're going to get to, you know, looking at it. I mean, it just looks like basically a bomb with a cockpit. <laughs> yeah. Saying that, right, because you mentioned Thunderbirds. Now, I didn't want to put them in there because there obviously was Thunderbirds the movie, wasn't there? Yes, there was. But. They don't look like the TV show. They're dreadful. So I didn't want to mention them. Do you think I thought that they did look quite similar? They're similar, but they're not They're not them ships. They're not, yeah. But say, when we get to a TV one, well... Yeah, when we do this for TV ones. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about them. But yeah, so... But yeah, I like I like the, um, the rocket ship. And I think Saturday morning pictures for me sometimes, we used to have the Flash Gordon. Yeah. 
and uh, yeah, that that TV show, as in the black and white TV show. It, for me, it does. wasn't. It wasn't. Well, it wasn't a TV show. It was something that was on at the cinema back in back. You know, in the forties. Oh yeah, but for us, it, for got, us, it was on TV. Yeah, but, and I, I did. I say I did watch it on the cinema. We did have a little picture house at a Saturday morning pictures for sixpence, believe it or not. Yeah, and they would show you. Episode probably a couple of hours we'd show you short episodes from different things and that was one of the you know Flash Gordon yeah and of course but, you saw saw these actually kind of reappear in Voyager in Tom Paris's uh, holodeck recreations do you remember mm. but the acting was awful though wasn't it Buster Crab <laughs> yeah but it was uh, that was part of the charm though wasn't it possibly yeah yeah and it, yeah because I, I I do love other types of it, um, shows from the era, yeah, like Laurel Hardy and Buster Buster Keaton and stuff like this. Mm. And I think this is a, I think Flash Gordon was probably one of the first things that for science fiction probably in, that came out. I think I know, and yeah, for TV as it well, we call it TV. It was probably shown in the in the in the cinemas then. It was shown in the cinemas then because it didn't really have it on TV. I mean, we did have um, we did have is it First Men on the Moon? Do you remember that movie? Yeah. And that was a very that again was a rocket ship, remember rightly. It was, yeah. But, uh, but I also like the the sound at this bit because it was like that that. But it had the fire, had the fireworks for you know the fireworks that we get today in sparklers. Yeah, that that was that, the the jet. Was it? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just so cheesy. You had to watch it with eating crackers. Well, Ed, if, any, if anybody's wondering what the heck we're talking about, go on YouTube and you, I'm sure you better watch an episode. I'm sure people watch a whole lot, to be quite honest. Must be out of copyright by now. Yeah, possibly. I'm going to look where you're talking, actually. But don't get it confused with Flesh Gordon. Yes, no, Flesh Gordon is a different movie entirely. (laughs) Um, Anyway, moving on swiftly. (laughs) Thanks for that, Steve. Uh, Going on to uh, one that you said. So the United Planets Cruiser C-57D from uh, Forbidden Planet. Uh, we've already talked about that, so what? No, talk about I just that want to anymore. say something. Can I just say this right? Yeah. Flash Gordon was the 1930s. <laughs> oh, 1930s was it? I thought it was 1940s. <laughs> God, that is old. Do you, Carry on, well, sorry. Do you know what? The, the reason why I knew this used to be at the cinema was because my dad told me he used to go and watch it at the cinema. Oh, mate, do you know what? I've just put it on my phone on, on YouTube. I've got to watch some of this. Yeah. It's just so bad it's good. Oh, that takes me back. Yeah, go on, carry on. I'm, I'm geeking out here on my own here. Come on, come on. Right, so my next one is the USS Cygnus from The Black Hole. This was a Disney movie, right? It was. So you remember The, the Black Hole with Maximilian and Vincent and all of those? <laughs> yeah, that was that was some kind, some kind of good robot, wasn't it? Yeah, Ernest Borgnay. Yeah. In that as well. So, classic movie. But this was... It, the, the ship, it kind of looked like... A flying greenhouse <laughs> with a radio tower. <laughs> you know, not a radio, you know, a, you know, a tower for an airport. Wasn't that, oh, I'm going to, uh, isn't that very similar to number five without giving that away yet? No, no, that, that looked different again. Mm. But when, um, you know, at the beginning of the movie where they discover <coughs> uh, the Cygnus floating near the black hole mm. and the, the fly past it and that they you know they're showing you the spotlight going on the ship and whatever when you're actually looking at it you go this is all just you know iron bars going across everywhere in glass and it's kind of like looking at us i was thinking you know that look just looks so and then it has that long um 
like valley going right the length of it, you know, because mm. you've got those little like shuttle things that can go up and down the length of the ship but yeah. it has that long valley and later on when they st- when they get hit by the asteroid shower or meteorite shower that meteorite that's red hot lands in that valley and starts rolling down as they're crossing the bridge do you remember that bit mm, i do actually yeah 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 it's a very it's a, actually this film doesn't get get much a lot of doesn't get much TV time sometimes. I think it's it's one that gets on every now and then. Yeah, I mean, I, w- I was watching it the other day, to be quite honest. Yeah. Because uh, I've just got it on um, DVD. And, I mean, even on DVD, at the beginning bit, when they're on their normal ship, mm. uh, you can actually see them floating about on wires. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, it's really corny in that sort of respect. But it's... Uh, I, I really enjoyed the whole aspect of this ship is populated by people who have like been zombified and turned into robots, apart from the guy who's in charge. Yeah. You know, true. and then the ending of that film, I'm not going to well, I mean, what, what year did this come out in the early 80s, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, um, yeah. I'm not, you know, I, I don't think it. You know, I don't think a film that far back you can say spoilers, but the, I'm not going to mention what it was. But the ending of that film was really good mm. uh, as as well. It was quite unexpected in some bits, but I just thought it was a, a really quite unusual design. Was this as a, of a ship because it just it didn't look like other ships mm. at all. You know, in a matter of fact, it's probably closest to like a, a squared off. Um, Star Destroyer in terms of the the overall approximate rough shape, but it didn't look anything like a Star Destroyer at the same time. Yeah, yeah. So it was quite cool. My next one is The Valley Forge from Silent Running. What a classic film that is. Yeah, it is a classic film. And this ship looked like basically a stick with um, sort of like four flies eyes at the end. (laughs) It's the only way I can describe it. I need to actually watch it. Oh, there we go. Yeah, so what you've got is those those bits that sort of stick out all the way around it. Yeah, the bio domes. They're the greenhouses, aren't they? Yeah, the bio domes. Yeah. So that's where all of the last trees and whatever of Earth, you know, have been put, basically. And this is a a great, you know, eco-warrior film. You know, if if you're into your protecting It's got a a message in there, hasn't it? It had oh, very, very definite, very definite, and it's such an emotional movie. I mean, how how they managed, you know, with, with the Huey, uh, what's what's the name, Huey, Huey, Louie, and Dewey, Huey, Louie, and Dewey, the three robots that are in there. How those three robots managed to convey feeling when they don't say anything; it's just literally by movement, and how much you care about those robots by the end of the film is ridiculous. Oh, yeah. It's it's very emotional. It's a very emotional film. Well worth a watch. And the ships are such a cool design. And as a matter of fact, you actually see that ship later on in my next one on the list, Battlestar Galactica. Because while Battlestar Galactica... Yeah, we're talking... A, we're talking... The original. See... This is a bit of a cop-out, I feel. No, it's not, because it was at the cinema. I went to see it at the cinema <clears throat> as a film. Because it was a TV movie. It was a TV movie that was released at the cinema, because I yeah. went to the ABC in Middlesbrough to see it. Uh, I'm not going to... I'll let you have it, but I don't, I'm, I'm sort of 50-50 on this one, really. But yeah, go. But the original Battlestar Galactica, such a classic shape. 
I, I love yeah. the whole aspect of being able to launch Vipers. I mean, the Viper in itself, it was, well, it's basically a three wing X, uh, X wing, mm. isn't it? But it's, you know, it looks very similar, but it's such a cool design. And even now, you know, on the more modern TV series, you know, with very little change, have made the Viper still look still looks modern. It looks it's just it's just the cast and how they decided to swing that. That's all we're going to say about you know. Yeah, but but the the Galactica itself, I just thought it looked like yeah. such a really cool ship, you know, and such a massive one as well. It's huge, isn't it? Yeah, I'm just looking at some screenshots here between the move between the um, t- new TV show and the you know <clears throat> back in the day, but it's pretty it's pretty pretty cool. It is. Yeah. Yeah. And I tell you what, on on the TV series, what I did like is that episode where they did the light speed jump into the atmosphere of a planet. Mm. You know, when they were all on the planet being, you know, controlled by the Cylons. And yeah. they jumped in and it showed you the flames going around the Galactica. And then they jumped out and then they had the song it boom because of it disappearing. Imagine what it takes to, uh, for a ship that size to physically move. Yeah. It just doesn't bear thinking about for scientifically how that would actually fire up and work. <laughs> no, it doesn't. But it's sci-fi. We don't worry about such things. No, we don't. No, we, we we like to sometimes have a imagine how that is. But yeah, yeah, classic, great shit. So my next one, my second in the list is the USS Enterprise. Do you want to just say that number three was the Discovery? Oh, sorry. Yeah, Mr. Discovery, yes. So, yeah, Discovery 1 from 2001, which was the same as what you had. Not in the same place, though. No. Um, But, yeah, I just love that design. Second one is the USS Enterprise, but from the Kelvin timeline. So this is the new Enterprise. Not the one on the new show, but the one on the films. J.J. Abrams. Yes, and... It looked pretty good. I mean, they're very, very similar in comparison to the motion picture. Absolutely. They're all variations on the theme. Yeah, it's just the sources. The source is pretty much the same. It's just the the, um, other parts are slightly tweaked, given a curve here and a curve there. Yeah, the nacelles are normally the things that get changed the most. But to be honest, I think that they've made it look... They've taken on the film, which, you know, was for the universe a believable sort of bridge. But they've really made, you know, giving it a reimagining and things like that. And I just think that it just looks absolutely superb. It's the type of ship you look at and you'd want to, to work on. The only thing that I don't really quite get about that that uh, ship, though, is how when the gravity goes wrong, does all of a sudden everything always seem to be upside down or whatever and everybody falling in the wrong direction? <coughs> Because yeah, surely, if the gravity went wrong, would everybody just go weightless? What was what was different about that that one though, which which compared to the mine with the with the Starship the motion picture, was down in engineering. Yes, it was very basic engineering. The way it looked for the technology. Um, what for the Kelvin timeline? Yeah, yeah. It was like it was missing. It didn't. It, 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 if that was going to be like the Enterprise from Let's say from if we're going to go back to the very beginning of the you know from the, the ship, you know you think it'd be very basic in there where yeah. all the cylinders and the you know the, the walkway and the steps just very something out of a warehouse <laughs> if you know what I mean. Yeah, but it's actually it's a real location, isn't it? Isn't it CERN or somewhere? 
Oh, it, it, it was it was from something, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But it just didn't make sense where the bridge was all so high class and spacey. Was <laughs> that a word I can use? And the engineering wasn't. It was didn't make sense. But that. But I, you know, it, you look. I overlooked that anyway. But that's just, just my point of view. Yeah. Well. <clears throat> I, I don't know. I just, I, th- I think it's like everything, you know, when, because I mean, you know yourself when you look at, you know, because you work on the underground, when you're looking at the cameras and that and the, the, the corridors that people walk down, the newer ones, they all look all very swish and whatever, but you still got all that piping going behind, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. You know, and that's the background stuff that you're not looking at. And engineering, you're not going to have everything hidden behind panels like the next generation. You're going to have stuff exposed so that you can get to them easily without having to. Well, take it didn't. Off. But then again, the the TV version had panels to cut away to get to some of that stuff, didn't they? And they had the Jeffrey's tubes was another way of getting in there. Yeah, the, yeah, they did. But well, I mean, they still got Jeffrey's tubes on the new one, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah. So, um, do you want to reveal your number one? Well, my number one is everybody's white, favourite YT 1300, which is the Millennium Falcon, because it's just got to be. It's the, well, the Enterprise and the Millennium Falcon are the two ships that um, that got me into science fiction, uh, to be quite honest. So I would say that they're both completely interchangeable mm. in terms of which one is number one, and I just had to put one as one so I thought well Millennium Falcon because it's such just such a funky design and it made the Kessel run in less than 12 parsecs yeah I was wondering when you were going to mention that I didn't want to say it I thought let me let me wait for you yeah and yes we know that parsecs is the measurement of distance yeah yeah that's right yeah any more you want to say on number one? Uh, no, because we've already discussed it haven't we yeah. really but uh, yeah is, any, is there any ships you want to off the top of my head, because I haven't done a, a list that a ship that could have been in there. Well, ones that there's there's loads because there is the prawn mothership from District Nine. Also Independence Day. Yes, uh, there's the which is probably very similar, isn't it? Yeah, very similar. There's the Icarus Two from Sunshine. Yeah, which is a uh, quite a funky uh, sort of ship. There's Serenity from Serenity. <laughs> yeah, or Firefly, whichever way around you want to talk about it. <laughs> If I tell you what, what if we say, right, what Star Wars ones do you want to mention? Oh, Star Wars ones. Well, Slave 1. Bubba Fett's. Bubba Fett's ship. Yeah. Mm. So that was really quite cool. X-Wing, Y-Wing, TIE Fighter, Star Destroyer, Death Star. Yeah. Super Death uh, Star Destroyer. The list goes on and on and on. And Star Trek as well. You've got the Borg. You've got every version of the Enterprise. All the different Romulan ships, Klingon ships. Yeah. You can also claim the Defiant because it was on first contact. <clears throat> and you got the shuttles as well, the, the different variant of shuttles that came out. Yes, definitely. And there's one, it's funny because I was going to put, there's one, there was one, now we're going to call it a ship or we're not going to call it a ship, but it did have a, did do two, there were two movies for a TV show. And so I could have put this in there, but because it's a time machine, I didn't know whether I should do. What, Doctor Who? Yeah. TARDIS. I mm. considered the TARDIS because of the Peter Cushing movies. Yeah. But I thought, no. Because I, I was so tempted, but I thought, no, do you know what? That should be, <clears throat> that's going to be high up in a, in a TV list somewhere. So. Yeah, definitely. I thought I wasn't going to put it in there, but the, I mean, there are cars. I mean, for movies, you've got like the cars that aren't really spacious, but they fly. So I don't know where you put them in there. Well, like the DeLorean. Yeah. Or if a Blade Runner. 
Oh, right, yeah. Yeah. So, there's, there's, oh, there's a wonderful thing, Hollywood, and designing ships and all sorts. It's just... It just goes on and on, really, isn't it? I'll tell you another one that was I thought was really quite funky design is mm. the Le- the Leonov from 2010. <clears throat> Excuse me, yeah? Because that had that rotating bit in the middle that, you know, gave yeah. them gravity. That was really quite uh, cool and funky. Mm. I mean, they're some dirty-looking ships, as in physically, like the, I mean, the, the Nostromo. Yeah. How basic was that inside? Yeah, yeah. You know, it did have that nice area where they were for for this for it being in stasis. They had their little pods there, yeah, all nice and gleaming. But then when you went down some of the aisles, so the corridors were very grim and gritty. Yeah. Well, also, what about the USS uh, Seleco from Aliens? Yeah, yeah, as well. Exactly the same. Yeah, Prometheus. That was uh, a bit up yeah. and down. <clears throat> I don't know about the the latest uh, the latest. Um, aliens movie. I can't remember to be quite honest what the ship. Oh, it was. No, I can't remember what the ship was like to be honest. I'm not sure if it was the Prometheus or something similar to that. But uh, it's coming on Sky in about a week's time, though. Thought you'd already seen this to be honest. I haven't. No, I not had a chance. I really wanted to, but just recently there's been a nice little list of what Sky movies are showing out. Yeah, and uh, the that Alien movie is coming in the next week or two, so I look forward to that. I didn't mind it to be quite honest. But, I mean, the Prometheus was quite a nice-looking ship on that movie. Yeah. So, this is just... I mean, also, um, I know that you, you're a bit debatable, but if it's been at the cinema, then it's been at the cinema. But uh, the Cylons, uh, you know, for their... Um, Excuse me. Their fighters, which basically look like Frisbees with machine guns attached to them, but... They're sort of very... they they got a little bit of classic sort of look in them, haven't they, from science fiction? Yeah, they have. They look more like UFOs. Um, but also uh, the base stars as well. Yeah. What about the, Nebuch- the Nebuchadnezzar? wasn't a spaceship, though, was it? It was more of a, a Earth-bound <laughs> ship. Yeah, I don't know if it actually went into space, but I don't know if it could, could actually do that. No, it or, didn't, or, because it... if you remember, it only ever went... Uh, on the Matrix 3, it went above the clouds that were blackening out the Earth and then went back down because it ran out of the power to go up. What, yeah, what about the... Um, even though we didn't really see the ship, what we saw was the, the bit that was jettisoned in Planet of the Apes. The Icarus. Mm. Yeah. Um, it looked like an arrowhead. <laughs> it did, didn't it? Yeah. It was. It was. If you know what I mean, because I considered putting that in the list and then I thought, actually... It was too... The the outer shape didn't match the inner shape of the ship, so I decided mm. not to. But, um, yeah, that that was a bit of a shame, was that? But, uh, yeah, that you've been quite nice to have seen what the whole ship looked like. Could we never... We, we, we always see was the cockpit and then the bit that jettisoned on the... that landed in, uh, <clears throat> in the water of... Uh, the Grand Canyon. Well, you didn't even see all of it, did you? You only saw no. the tip of it. It stuck out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, and also there's the Axiom from Wally. Yeah. Because that, you know, that's still a spaceship. You know, it's still uh, a movie. So that, that's. Uh, yeah. Oh, I've got another one. I've got another one. Go on in. I've got a couple, actually. There's the one in Flight of the Navigator. Yes. That looked like um, an oyster. An Easter egg. <laughs> 
Yeah. And or there's cla- another one. Sh- it looked like a clamshell, didn't it? That's what it looked like. Yeah. In the map, it, sim- it looks like something you would have wiped your backside with on the uh, <laughs> demolition man. <laughs> yeah. I know this isn't a spaceship. It's actually a couple. I've got the, the one in Fantastic Voyage, even though it That wasn't it a spaceship, like a- though, was it? That went into but it the felt- body. It felt like a spaceship, then. It looked like a spaceship. It did. It did, yeah. You know. And there's another one of my favourite sort of cult sci-fi movies of the 70s was Dark Star. I was about to mention Dark Star as well. I thought, I'll wait till you've said this and I'll mention Dark Star. Because <laughs> that is a that is that is just bonkers, that movie. Yeah. Try, trying to stop a... a try to argue with a bomb to stop from blowing up. Yeah. So they end up getting on a... Getting on a <clears throat> just killing yourself and going on a on a, a run with a uh, surfboard as such. Yeah. Which is that was a that was a class one. Any more can you think of any more um questions? No, I think I think oh, I've got one. Go on then. How about War of the Worlds? Yeah. I... Now as much as I still prefer Jeff Wayne's original look, there was there, I mean the the look in the in the nineteen fifties with that movie. Mm. And obviously I I did actually the other day, I don't know what it was on and I just left it on and was the Tom Cruise version. Mm. So they look pretty wacky, I must admit, given it that the tri those tripod style looks. Mm. Anyway, should we we can ramble on as much as we wanted, but I'm sure we should we get to questions? Uh yeah, actually I've just had a thought of one more ship. Go on then. Um well, Star Lord ship on Guardians of the Galaxy, Milano. Yeah, yeah. That 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 does look really you know, it it's so different. And it's design. I absolutely love it. Actually, what about the one in Passengers? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was a huge ship. Yeah, that was quite a funky design as well. Yeah. So there we go. We've we've done That's... loads of them for you all. <laughs> if there's any we missed, let us know. <laughs> yeah, if you've got any ones that we haven't said, then uh, let us know on Facebook. Yeah. <clears throat> okay, so should we finish up with questions then? Yep. John, what's happening to us? Okay, so Mark's given us a couple, and the first one is, do you enjoy retro games? Do you find 8-bit and 16-bit graphics, they have a certain charm, or do they put you off trying the game? Mm. I think that my memory of 8 and 16-bit games nowadays far exceeds my enjoyment of 8 and 16-bit games. Because it's just blocks, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) No, it's... 8 and 16-bit games on the most, well, more 8-bit games are very linear, very limited, you know, in terms of their scope. Yeah. Um, whereas, you know, it's like nowadays, the, the variation so much. But in terms of the graphic, I mean, I'm not so bothered about the graphics. As a matter of fact, I've been playing some, like, high-bit uh, games, which, you know, like uh, upscaled 8-bit sort of things, aren't they? Like, you know, not Minecraft, but like Minecraft. So I'm not really bothered about the graphics so much. I just, I, I, I just think that all the games are a little bit more... Do you think they should be left punishing. where they were with our imagination and that's it? Yeah, I think that when you go back to some old games that you absolutely loved and then you play them again and you think, oh, do why did I like this? You know, I mean, if you go back to something really basic, even E.T., for example. What, after you dig him up in the desert? 
But playing that that game that came out that got chucked in the in the hole. Yeah. I mean, there were loads of games like that and that sort of style, weren't there? But you couldn't really play them now, could you? No, I'll tell you what has died a death. One particular style of game, more than any other, has definitely mm. died. And that was the text adventure. Yeah. You never see a text adventure being released now. You know, I remember playing Lord of the Rings, The Hobbit, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, Zork. All of all of those, the Hulk, you know, the Incredible Hulk, that was a text adventure as well. I remember playing all of them. I remember sitting there with, you know, Bruce Banner is tied to a chair, you know, and it's like, okay, <laughs> so stand up. You can't stand Bruce Banner is tied to a chair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah ended up. I think, I think I think you would last ten minutes of that game, and you'd be you'd be turning it off. Oh God, yeah, because you know, it's I I remember I, it took me about twenty minutes to figure out bite lip. <laughs> you have turned <laughs> into the Hulk. The chair is smashed. You are yeah. in a room. <laughs> well. I could actually expand this, but I'm not going to due to the fact that you haven't seen a certain film yet. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I, it's it's something that's left in the past, I think. I think that the, the oldest retro I think we go these days is probably Space Invaders, Gallagher, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. Which is more probably, you're talking early 80s now, aren't you? So You are. So, do you want to do a question too? Okay. Uh, do you keep your old consoles? I have every console I have ever owned in my loft, says Mark. I wish I had it done, but I don't anymore. I, as I, I did say this. I don't know which Facebook group this was on or paste. But I would like to get a PlayStation 3. Mm. And I'd, I, I'd like a PlayStation 1, probably. Yeah. I've I got an original Xbox, but I don't have a power cord or any or any controllers for it. Well, it's just be, sitting on my... You, you only need one of those uh, two-prong things. You don't mm. like because the power unit was built in, but then they found that some of them were a bit <coughs> dodgy, and then they sent everybody a free power pack. Yeah. Uh, but it still works with a normal two-prong cord. Yeah, 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 it's a figure of eight, you mean? Yeah. So, yes, my original Xbox... Is just sitting on the desk there. <laughs> well, so, but I know you've got quite a few. I mean, you've got a huge, you've got a huge amount, aren't you? But it's like if you got them, I think they'd be worth putting on display if you got the room for it. I haven't got the room for it though. That's the problem. But uh, mm. to be honest, um, I have every console I've ever owned, bar two. Yeah, and that is the Mega Drive because I sold my Mega Drive to get a PlayStation. Mm. I'd like, I'd like a Mega Drive. Yeah, but what I think, I think the idea of Thermo phrase retro now is really put the price up on a lot of this stuff which you could pick up really cheap in sort of um, little markets. Yeah, but you you can't you know the the price it's it's sort of like you know they're they're over some of the consoles are over twenty five years old so therefore they're like vintage. <laughs> and I did I gave my master system away to someone I know where that's it I know where it probably is I don't know if it's still in their house but I know where it went. Yeah, but. To be honest, I've actually bought the. I, I do own the Sega Master System collection or whatever they were, the Sega System yeah. collection on the Xbox. Yeah. So I do have Alex the Kid in Miracle World, which was the one built into the console. And I bet that you don't play it very often. I have actually, just for nostalgia, just gone back on it for five, ten minutes. Yeah, and I bet you didn't last longer than five or ten minutes. <laughs> <clears throat> I'd need to get the walkthrough on which way you do the, the, the scissor papers yeah. on the end of each boss at the end of each part of that. Yeah. No, for me, um, I think my memory of, of retro gaming, Far Out Shadows, my enjoyment of them. I just don't enjoy them anymore, mm. or not as much as I used to. Yeah, I think I was, because the other one collection I got is one of the motorbike ones, where you basically, you're not turning the motorbike, you're turning the map, aren't you? Yeah. And you're just going there, you're just trying to, you know. it's, it's it, they, I think they're, they're worth 10 minutes of your time every now and then. 
Yeah. That's it. I, I think, if anything, it kind of like make you appreciate how far things have come. Yeah, I mean, everyone buys these, um, like Nintendo have been bringing out these little consoles with all the games on. Yeah. But how long do people actually physically play them for? I don't think it's a lot. No, I, th- I think it's... You're, ba- you're buying a bit of your childhood, aren't you, basically? Mm, absolutely. So, but... <clears throat> okay, so if we move on to Facebook, and this would be interesting, this one. So, Nicky Wilson said, what do you think about the CX printing fake covers for game cases? Mm. So this has made a fair little bit of news on, on, on YouTube. There's been quite a few people who've been talking about it. Yes, a bit of an outrage at it, as a matter of fact. Yeah, because, as I say, this retro retro, in, retro games is, is quite huge still, and they're taking the proverbial for this one. Mm. I think, I don't mind, I think what they should do is give you the case in whatever f- shape or form it's in, but say, here's here's a free printed one out, if you want to put it, if you want to put it in the case and yeah. put it on display. Yeah. That'd be fine. Yeah. But to sell it, you thinking that that is the original is a bit naughty. And I don't know where the local constabulary and the Trades Descriptions Act goes with this and everything else. Yeah. Uh, well, it is wrong because if you turned around and gave them a, a game with a printed cover, they would give you next to nothing for the game. But they're still pay, charging the same price for these games. And what they should actually be doing is charging it at a discount. I wouldn't have an issue then. Mm. But they're not... And this seems only to be for quite a few like old Nintendo games, aren't they? And mm. stuff like that. They, I mean, what if Nintendo got in on the action and had a go at them about it? I don't know. Well, I mean, there must be some sort of breach of copyright there anyway, because it's someone else's art, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, putting that, I mean, obviously the way <coughs> maybe they get out of jail card is they've actually put a CX stick on the back of the back of the print yeah which then says they're, 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 they're not selling it as the original so I don't know it's bad practice definitely Absolutely. bad practice but and the only way to tell is if you open it up and look on the inside but then again is the box really that important it's as long as the disc works and it's a genuine copy yeah I it looks they look, it, some people think it looked nice on their shelf if they got the room to display them all yeah and I, I would rather have a printed copy of a cover than just a, empty, uh, a box with no sleeve you make your own one up and just have it in pen, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we've got to Andrew Emsley. Mm-hmm. So he asks, how likely is it that we will get a PS Pro Mark II before the PS5? Very unlikely. I think the PS5 is their next next plan of attack. Mm-hmm. If not to match or even try, this is a problem, is it, that now we, we're not in sync anymore with, with the PlayStation and the Xbox. Everyone will outdo each other to yeah. try and get better at what, they do, or what they're bringing out. Don't don't you think though that that's been the plan all along? Because they have been in sync with each other in this way. For those people who have to have the newest, the best, mm. they're going to constantly be upgraded now. A bit like your phone contract. True. Yeah. You yeah. know, I it wouldn't surprise me to be honest if. Depend upon when they're actually looking at releasing the PS5, because there's all sorts of speculation and rumour. I think if we don't see the... Well, I mean, to be honest, thinking about it, PlayStation have nothing to prove. The people who have something to prove are Microsoft because of the disparity in the sales. Mm. Um, And to be honest, I'm not... PlayStation don't need to do anything else, but I think if they were to upgrade the Pro... I think that what they would do is probably put in a UHD in there, seeing the error of their ways with uh, the Pro. So we'll have a so we'll have a PS Pro Mark II with a with a Blu-ray drive. A, a UHD Blu-ray, yeah. Mm. I could I could possibly see that 
is in a revised model of the Pro, but that's only if the Pro's other five is two or more years off. Yeah, and then you've got to think about the software that's going to be going on that as well. So that huge leap, if there's going to be another huge leap at the moment, which I, I can't see it being a great deal. Again, you, at the moment, it's... Well, the Xbox is uh, supposedly, you know, at the affordable pinnacle of yeah. that. Are we going to plateau? Are we going to plateau out at some point where we were not going to get too many much further because there's not many further to go? The only thing that be that be moving forward would be the screen clarity with 4K, 8K, or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Um, to me, this is one of those things of obviously you could have a higher polygon rate and create more lifelike graphics on a more lifelike screen than on a 4K screen because obviously you need to process four times the amount of polygons to have it to scale the same. Um, So, you know, I I remember someone saying about, you know, you would need 64 megaflops to have something that looked lifelike. And I raised the question at the time, yeah, but is that on a... HD screen or a 4K screen because if it's on a 4K screen then that's different than if it was on a you know a 1080p because the four times resolution so if it was if it that was on a you know a four a 1080p then you'd be looking at you know 256 megaflops to have anything similar on 4K and nothing comes even close to that yeah the process the processors is is what's going to be driving all this with the with the screen resolution but how far to get before it gets so lifelike that it's like playing a game is like seeing the real world. And how great is that going to be? Is it going to be boring? I don't think every game's going to go like that, though, because games go for different styles. Hmm. I mean, when you look at some stuff coming out soon, we've got um, that Detroit Most Human. Yeah, that looks good. I mean, that looks that looks awesome, doesn't it? Yeah. I mean, how? I mean, we used to. I think the way we used to look at this is that we always wished that looking at the this, the uh, the the cutscenes in some games wouldn't be great that they're the game itself and we're beyond that now exactly and we we we're going with there and we and and more I mean sometimes when I'm playing Far Cry Five I'm looking and I'm thinking that almost looks realistic you know it looks photo the scenery does it, yeah. the scenery you're looking at the the houses and the the mountains the sky it just looks well in bad light you know in dark light conditions some of the characters as well. You know, mm. on the, on the the main parts of the animations and whatever, where you know the, the more hidden in shadows, so that you know you're not going to see as much of the detail, but it looks a lot more convincing. <clears throat> so, to to me, what's more important than keep going up in resolutions is getting faster frame rates. You know, four uh, K at sixty frames per second or more is where we want all games to be at. At least, because yeah, no yeah. it, it does it does make a difference. You can't consciously tell other than it's smoother. Mm. But you, you look at something at thirty frames a second and sixty; it's a big difference. Yeah, we do. I think also what we do, we still get a bit of popping on a game where if if you're if you're if you're ra- if you're racing down a wherever it's going to be from point A to point B, and in the distance, mm. we want that we want that. The trees, with everything to be blended in correctly, not just appear like someone's just materialised out of nowhere. Well, I mean, it's quite funny, actually. Games like Fortnite more or less make a a joke of it by literally making things pop up, you know, like little plants and stuff like that, that that the processor clearly hasn't bothered rendered to a 
point, and then it does like a comical pop. Mm. If you see what I mean. Um, so I kind of like like that as a touch. To be honest, it, it just gives that game that extra bit of humour. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So moving on, with these two questions probably linked together very well. So Alan Cochran's asking, "What's your your Blu-ray favourite 4K movie? Looks stunning on your telly at the moment." All of them. <laughs> Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy looks good. Yeah, that does. I think I think my favourite at the moment is Valerian and Blade Runner. Those two are just so outstanding. See, I think Valerian does look good. You know, I'll have to say that uh, in 4K. But Thor Ragnarok looks really good as well, even though it's not a true 4K movie. Yeah, I mean, I, I need to do a test on Wonder Woman yet because I haven't done that with Sky's UHD movie and then putting in the 4k disc seeing what the difference is but i don't think there's much it's true and fake 4k <laughs> i know it's getting very anal sometimes but i mean i think even the terminator 2 looks pretty cool and look how old that movie is i would i would actually like that in 4k to be honest i, I tell you what i did a screenshot i i, I got one with the, I've, got, I've got about three or four variants of that film on dvd and, and obviously the latest one and i took a screenshot of a dvd of the same scene and did it in 4K. And wow, what a difference. It is pretty impressive. The remastering they're doing now with <clears throat> with, the, with the prints, getting a digital print and actually tweaking it and giving it that clarity is pretty stunning, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I mean, a lot of films, I mean, the Hitman's Bodyguard looks good. Mm. It depends upon what you're actually looking for. But if you're looking for lots of colour and whatever, then Valerian and Thor Ragnarok can't get much more colourful than those ones or Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, no, no. But actually, when I watched on Sky, I've got a digital copy of um, Passengers. Yeah. And that upscaling with the TV as well, that looks stunning. Yeah. The blacks are black. You know, and it's got that. It's just got a, such a good look on it. You know, it's. I think I, if I could afford to re, re, sort of go through my collection as they come out, start purchase them. But uh, sometimes I feel like, oh, it's just a, it's just another cash cow, isn't it? <laughs> it is. It is. How many times do you want to buy the same movies? Yeah, exactly. Um. Anyway, any more you can think of? No, because I haven't watched the new Alien movie on UHD yet. Even though I've had it for ages. <laughs> Mm, it's always the way, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I'd, I'd only just bought it on DVD and I'd have bought it on 4K because it was cheap. Oh, okay. <laughs> but I haven't gone back to watch it yet. So mm, okay. okay, right, your turn. Uh, Oliver Brooks, in Star Trek, would you rather be a red shirt in the original series or the person who has to clean the holodecks in the next generation? <laughs> I like that question. <laughs> if I had to be well, not, all, not, ev- not every red shirt bites the dust in Star Trek. No, well, Scotty was a red shirt. Exactly. That's what my point. I was about as well. You've just beat me to it there. But yeah, I'm not fussed because the holodeck is pretty much clean self, clean itself anyway. Oh, I don't know. I, I just, I don't really want to clean up after Riker. <laughs> <laughs> not with some of his holodeck things. Riker <laughs> <Russian> nights. <laughs> some of those outfits he used to wear were just pretty outstanding, though, I must admit. I'd be cringeworthy. Oh, God, yeah. I would rather be a red shirt, but not in security. Yeah, I totally agree, because if you go to J.J. Abrams' version as well, you know, Scotty was red all the way through and through, so, you know. Yeah. So, 
The last question we got from Michael Edwards, well, we've pretty been there actually with this extra bit we've thrown in, but are you looking forward to Far Cry? So you have, haven't you? You've been enjoying it. I have, but do you know what? I wasn't looking forward to it and I don't know why, but I just thought, no, I'm going to get it. <laughs> it's really weird. I just thought, oh, another Far Cry, who cares? I'm looking forward to it, but I don't know at what point I will get to play it, though, to be honest. Well, get so, your mic and then get this. Yeah, that's that's more important right now. It is, yeah. <laughs> Save me hours. <laughs> yeah, because I'm looking, to be honest, I'm looking at these Audacity uh, levels and and I, I, I'm going to pity you on this editing of this show, to be honest. Oh, Joy, good job I'm off for two weeks. <laughs> okay, anyway, that's the end of the show. Yeah. Um, would you like to go through your... Contacts. Thank you. Okay, yeah. so there's my YouTube channel. Just search for Hayden Reese-Jones. You can also search for the Pop Culture Gamers YouTube channel, which is Pop Culture Gamers, well, on YouTube. Also, if you want to email me about the show then it's uh h-e-r-j-u-k at gmail.com or you can tweet me at h-e-r-j-u-k or if you want to follow me on psn xbox live steam whatever uh i'm also h-e-r-j-u-k as well do you want to do facebook? Your, uh, facebook group we do have a facebook group called pop culture gamers surprisingly enough you can also listen to the show on most podcasting uh things you can also listen to it on the amazon alexa by asking any pod to uh play pop culture gamers steve do you want to do your contacts <laughs> i thought i went to last so yeah twitter is at steve 07 uh the psn id is the real steve 07 xbox steve 07 and my email is steve steve 07 at hotmail.co.uk so long show i feel this one i think this is gonna be about four hours by the look of it <laughs> <laughs> should we before we go we were chatting about how this show is because it is very difficult for editing. Yeah, the, the amount of time that we have, because by the time we finish it, it's not enough time to properly edit the show at the no. end of uh, a Sunday evening. So we're just going to put it out there. Just give us your ideas on this. We may do an alternative show. So every other week, it will be either a gaming show or a movie come TV debate show. Yeah. But let us know your thoughts on that idea. If not, we'll have to try another way of trimming down the show. I know you guys like to listen to a long podcast. Even I do myself. But um, for the physicality of all everything, it's a bit difficult. So let us know what you think and then we'll, we'll see where we can move forward with that. I, th- I think that the thing is that we want to give you regular content and because of the length of what we've, we now wanted to put into the show... Mm. It has a direct impact on our ability to record on a regular basis. So I mean, and, we, and do our, and do the real world, and do the life real world, stuff. you know, have a life and stuff like that. So mm. it is kind of a matter of if you're happy with us doing the show every other week, we can do one every other week, uh, and then we can record it over two weeks. Or alternatively, we can give you a weekly show, which will be longer. That but. It will be focused one week on movies and TV and the next week on games. That's really what And then, saying, then obviously, th- throwing in the mix of that, we've got some little specials, like we want to do a Ready Player One yeah. one weekend. So, therefore, that will probably sit in there instead one week. Yeah, because um, the specials seem to be quite popular as well. Mm. So, let us know if you do like the specials or if you would rather the specials be part of the main show one week. So, instead of having a debate, we do the special, but... Our thought is because the specials are more focused, and we don't also we don't put that open to the vote either. Whereas all of the debates that we do give the community a vote on that, you know, we pick out the stuff to go in the specials that we want to talk about that we don't want to wait for a vote to come to. Really, that's right. Yeah. So whether we're going to do it, we haven't. Say, I mean, it's much surprise that we haven't done a Star Wars or a Star Trek one yet. So. 
or even you know this there's, there's so much we can we can chat about but again it's up to you guys to give us some input yeah definitely you know we're we we we're not focused in on what we want to do but we'd rather you guys get involved more and say what you'd like to listen to i think that works well yeah exactly so anyway i haven't had my dinner yet and it's getting late so it's good night from me and it's good night from him good night good night you are about to witness history in the making (laughs) 